You're listening to episode 87 of G.I. Joburg. My name is Steven, and I'm joined by... Steadicam Machine Gunner Paul. And Cujo on the West Coast, who is up two minds about everything. And tonight, we discuss Redeco Vehicles. This is a hotbed of controversy. Do you like them? Do you loathe them? What place do they occupy in your collection? And where the hell did they come from? We're going to try and find some sympathy for the devil and uh, not vilify Hasbro's just making a cash grab out of old molds, but actually try and find some use for them and hopefully do it in the most entertaining of ways. But first, quickfire topic. Gentlemen, you're creeping through the jungle. Kujo, you are torpedo. Paul, you are wetsuit. You're being tracked mercilessly by a squad of hardy range vipers. You know that one false move might give away your position. And suddenly, without any warning, a ferocious wild tiger crosses your path. You have perhaps only a second to react. What do you do? Strap that fucker on like a condom. Run around the jungle, fuck me some range vipers. But realistically, I did not anticipate that. Kujo could go first. <laughs> oh, okay. I just, uh, uh, it's just, that's the G.I. Joburg nod to action figure therapy. Love you guys. That's also kind of like, uh. The Kuj, come, get tactical. Well, I was just gonna say, uh, when I encounter any animal that I don't know, animals understand people. And, and Torpedo understands that. So I would just stare at the cat and never, never look away from it. And if it takes a swipe, you got to live with it. But in that situation, you can't react. You can only hope nice. that you and the animal have an unspoken connection for a second. I am. Well, it's anybody's That's guess whether that suit. tiger leaps up and okay. sinks its teeth into your throat or not. I mean, but Paul certainly would. Uh, what did you say? Fuck that tiger. <laughs> So, well, fortunately, neither of you guys resorted to using your rifles, which would probably give away your position. Because, I mean, the the tiger may, may or may not kill you, but uh, the range vipers most certainly will if they, they get your location. What was the purpose of that? Oh, it's just a, it's a quick thing, but I think the important thing to, to sort of recognize both our listeners and for us here in the conversation is that Cujo is the animal companion... Master, I mean, his special mission is all about converting and finding the correct companions for, for fellow Joes. And I think he has some kind of creepy, kiki animal sort of communication, psychic ability or ty- uh, telepathic ability. So I reckon, yeah, Cujo completely coaxes this tiger onto our side and the tiger goes and takes us through the jungle. And we, you know, wet Cujo's to torpedo and Paul wetsuit Go and system- systematically go and take out some range vipers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Harold and Kumar And then we rock some the cobra that got away. On the, yeah, man. Tiger, dude. Like, it's a motorbike. It's it's like... it's Yeah, we just... It's like it's like the Tiger Force Tiger. It's like a tiger... Tiger. <laughs> what was the purpose of that, you ask? I don't know. Perhaps it's just to titillate and mystify. Uh, but uh, ride that tiger all the way into Redeco Mayhem. And speaking of uh, tigers that change their stripes, where am I going with this? 
we're going to talk definitive sculpts and we're going to talk about Mercer because he was a Cobra Viper. He is now an agent of G.I. Joe. I think the debate really is beard or no beard. So, Kujo, beard or no beard, buddy? Well, we were talking eels, and he has, like, basically two identities. Mercer has two identities. Mercer is kind of... Where I know him from first is the movie spit on scorpions and stuff. That's where I know him from. I, I like V1. Here's the reasons. He looks like Duke Nukem, which I think may have been their inspiration. He's got a big chin like that. And he also has a gun over his heart. V2, he has a grenade. I like the gun better. It's a stronger statement. I do like that he, he kind of wears Cobra colors. I think the only other time we see a Joe in Cobra colors is, what is that, a comic pack of Flint or something? Yeah, uh, that sounds right. <laughs> but, I mean, the biggest problem with with Beard, uh, Beard Mercer is, uh, and dude, Mercer's a strong name. I think I might name my son that. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a strong name, brother. Uh, I'm glad I got to see dude, Dude, fake. Uh, You're never gonna have a son, is, man. You'll never. I, I can never call that bluff. <laughs> I, no, it could happen, dude. It's a strong name. You'll be saddled um, with like three daughters, and you'll be like, "Damn it, no Mercer." My God, no, no sleep. Um, <laughs> no, but dude, V two is fake news. They, they both. If, if you kind of get to the scrutiny, they both have different names. I like the first name better, but yeah, V two. Doesn't feel like uh, the real McCoy. That, but you know, the real Mercer has got to be V1, right? And besides, dude, he rolls with a dude with a fancier beard. I don't think you want to compete with that beard. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Mercer got re-released. Taurus did not. So what happened to the trapeze artist? Maybe Mercer mm. bumped him off. Perhaps the story became... for another day the resident badass of the Slaughter's Renegades. But but you also got to mention that whoever wrote Mercer's first file card, there's a, there's a story within that file card. I mean, anytime you see somebody hot wiring a, a hydrofoil and then escaping their pursuers, I mean, that's an episode unto itself. It just hasn't been done. I, I don't know. B1's strong, dude. What do you got? Often the one that we first encountered is our favorite, or at least is the one that we have the biggest connection with. Well, my first blush with Mercer was as the 1990s bearded release figure. And uh, one of the things that sort of intrigued me by him was that metal arm, um, and it's an armored arm. But, I, you know, as a kid, you see that more as a robotic arm or something first. I like that attention to the arm. Anyway, I thought the figure was really great, and I really liked the file card, the whole story behind him. But then I watched G.I. Joe the movie, the animated movie, that is, and I saw what Mercer was or at least was meant to be at least and he is just badass I really love that character like really 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 love that character the thought didn't even come into my head that there was a Mercer without a beard until much later in my collecting life and I gotta say dudes that for me that sells it I mean the original version one Mercer is too cool and uh, it's worth mentioning the modern era take on him was also great. Uh, and it's a figure I'm, I'm very thankful uh, to have in my collection just because I love the character as much. And I, I actually felt that they did a good job with the, with the toy, giving him a lot of the uh, same stuff as the Cobra Trooper 
you know, gear-wise, and I just felt that that was kind of, that was like a nice sort of nod. What? You know? Yeah. Yeah, the modern era Solotus Marauder 7-pack Mosa comes with a lot of the same gear as the the modern uh, release of the Cobra Trooper. Not the Viper. He's also got a Viper. Yeah, and he's got a Viper's gun as well. He's got the Viper machine gun. That's the other thing I wanted to say. And uh, he has, I think the the one part of him is reused from an alley Viper as well, which I thought was quite cute. (laughs) Yeah, because his forearms are Viper forearms, if I'm not mistaken. And his pants are Trooper pants. And yeah, that's as much as my my part, the breakdown comes down to. But anyway, it's a great toy. What I wanted to get at is I think version one Mercer is, at least to this Joe fan, the de facto Mercer. And a toy I am happily receiving soon. You know who? I know you're listening. I'm looking forward to that order. So, yeah. So, more on Mosa from Paul in the future. Not to insult the contributor, but to be honest, version 1 Mosa looks kind of doofy. I, like, like you, Kujo, was introduced to the character in the form of the 1987 movie. And I thought, this guy's cool. He's even got the cobra tattoo crossed out on his arm. But lo and behold, the action figure, what a disappointment, does not. I mean, he's got really beefy arms. This guy seriously has the most insane biceps and triceps. But the face sculpt doesn't convey the intensity that the character's, I don't know, drive suggests. I mean, like... What? He got disillusioned with Cobra? So he defected? That's a cool backstory in and of itself. You said it, man. The pistol across the chest... It's kind of strangely sculpted. As those sculpted (laughs) pistols go. I mean, it's... Of course, the the butt... Because it kind of... um, Falls away from the figure's chest. Has this enormous, like... uh, Sculpted portion... Uh, that shouldn't actually be there. How dare I? I know. But okay, here's a more legitimate sculpt uh, uh, um, criticism. I do not like the choice of boots. Those kind of superhero slash swashbuckler boots, which have the the folded cuffs. That just is such an anachronism. (laughs) Pirate boots. It's like, they're not quite Viper boots. I mean, I don't know. Could you roll back Viper boots like that? Um... Viper boots are cool, they're knee high, <laughs> they're like jack boots. Those boots, I don't know where he got those from. He must have found them like in the moray that he stole after it had been used as like some kind of um I don't know, pirate fancy dress <laughs> luxury cruise for the Baroness and Destro. Uh <laughs> Well, I suppose I mean it, oh. maybe he stole Destro's boots. <laughs> I thought it was a giant fuck you to version 2 Destro and stole his swashbuckler cuffed boots. Um, Not bad. V2, yeah, man, you know, the uniform is tight. The black body armor looks much better than the red. With the silver trim, it's a stronger look. The red panels on the trousers are a cool callback to the Viper. It's neat. It's also kind of asymmetrical in the same sense that the original was, but it's just got a stronger line. I don't like the, once again, the term's going to come up, plasticky look of his red body armor on V1. And the head sculpt doesn't do it for me, whereas the head sculpt on version 2, perfection. Now, 
the years have clearly not been kind to Mercer. Because in it's got three, a very Riker look. In three years, oh. he looks like he's aged approximately 15 to 20 years. Because those two head sculpts are nothing alike. From the really deep crow's feet in the bearded version, you know, you get none of that kind of like like punk kid, defected viper, like cobra, you know, foot soldier, basically. He looks like he was actually a commanding officer in cobra. So effectively, with one head sculpt uh, switch, they've breathed even more character into this character. So V2 all the way. And in terms of gear, it's a whitewash. You know, V1, cool, pistol, slightly oversized, whatever. Reuse backpack, which makes sense. But with V2, if you can just throw away the dildo launcher, fucking backpack, stupid, spring-loaded garbage, he's got a very futuristic-looking grenade launcher and a... I don't know, a, a, a machine gun with this obscenely large ammo drum. It must have about like 500 rounds in it, maybe even more, maybe even like a thousand rounds of ammunition packed into it. And this just screams like not only did he escape from Cobra Island, but he cleaned out their experimental weapons cache while he was doing it because those guns are like next level, man. Mm -hmm. I don't even mind that they're molded I in red. <laughs> I can see where you're coming. Uh, I, I would like to just, in defense of these of that version's backpack, spring-loaded backpacks are mostly misfires. Ha! Huh. See what I did there. Don't say um, it, Paul. Don't say it. We do not cost anything but shade on BFGs in this podcast. Please. Please. Hey, I'm allowed to have my opinion. And Even I if it's a robot shock. <laughs> I gotta say, Mercer is one of the few Joes in that era who has a cool rocket-firing backpack because... Uh, because it has that sliding mechanism, so to t uh, if I'm thinking of it correctly now, it can go over the shoulder and then it can like slide back onto the backpack. It can be erect be... or it can be flaccid. Fantastic. I love that, and I thought that was a great feature. I don't use the missile ever, or when I was younger, I never used to use the missile. I used to love the idea of it just being over the shoulder and shooting imaginary missiles. But I like that concept. I like it a lot, and I thought, yeah, it stood out as being one of the cooler backpacks. And, and sort of Harkened back to what I've always felt has made the 80s Joe's uh, cool is that uh, is the accessories. You know, the accessories having a cool feature. Uh, if if there's no such thing as spring-loaded missiles in GI Joe, and they had to, and I felt that they had to choose the best spring-loaded missile launcher ever uh, to give it to your character as his special feature or accessory, then I think Moses one would have been the winner. Heavy duty. But that's. Ah, uh, heavy duty is the problem with it is it shouldn't be two missile launchers. It should be two Gatling guns. Big oh, Gatling guns. Nice. Oh. Well, he's got two machine Even guns Even though I anyway. like the idea. Yeah, I know, but he could do with two more. Anyway. Well, that looks like it's two votes for V1. I'm not surprised, but um, before we change subjects, I just want to share one bit of nostalgia about uh, Mercer. Way back when, uh, Rob and I used to play this kind of splinter... Well, Rob L. and I used to play this sort of science fiction fantasy like uh spin-off from gi joe which involved space travel and interdimensional travel and you know basically anything you could think of these guys would go on adventures there so my character at one point disappears and goes into the future comes back an old man he starts out 
uh, I use the Eco Warriors flint head. And when we catch up with him later, he's got the Mercer version 2 head. So that was how I kind of bracketed my character's uh, aging. It's a cool head sculpt. <laughs> I've, I've got personal reasons to level at this, uh, this topic. Mm, let me weigh in on the head sculpt topic if I can. Please do. Yeah, go for it, man. I can appreciate what you're saying about, like, an older, scruffier, kind of uh, weathered, I don't know, Viper General. But for V1, I, I agree. Looks like a goof. But I, I like the storyline of him as kind of a, a, a younger guy who took a walk on the wild side. And a lot of the Joes kind of resent him for it. So, like, he he's lived he's lived the story. Like, he's seen the other side. I kind of it kind of makes a subplot between certain Joe females and, and males that could get interesting, you know, because everybody likes a bad boy. Perhaps they're two different characters. Well, they have different names. What? Yeah, but it is a code name after all. Yeah, I mean, it could be two different people. Have they really got two different names? Because the yeah, original that's what I'm saying. Felix... That's why the second one's fake news, brother. The original one's Felix, Felix Stratton, so. Damn it, where's JD when you need him? <laughs> Looks Let's suspiciously see. in JD's direction. Uh, the bearded one is Richard Cecil. They're both from the same city, so one's a spook, dude. Wow. Oh my word. That's, wow, that's, that's so cool. Great discovery. Well, that explains how the second Mercer's aged. It's not the same guy at all. They come from the same hometown because that's all bullshit anyways. I mean, Cobras don't have hometowns. It's all unknown. There's a story there that, that Joe fans haven't heard yet. Hopefully it gets totally. told. Mercer version 2 is is another defectee. They just always give them the same code name. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, dude. Or maybe it's just Ozone and he's wilder days. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got to admit, they do kind of look similar. He cleaned up his act when he joined the Eco Warriors then. He looks yeah. like a college professor. No more spitting on uh, I wonder if, if anybody who's listening kind of uh is Mercer anybody's definitive just because of that personality trait? Like bad guy gone good? I'm gonna put my hand up. I think I gush over the, the characterization of Mercer more than the quality of the toy itself. As um Steve so eloquently put in his summation of version one. It is perhaps not the best looking figure, but I think my love for the character overrides how he looks. And it's more than made up for, obviously, in the modern era figure, but I'm really excited about the vintage. <laughs> so. Even big bad cobras need air conditioning. <laughs> he is so cool, man. Yeah, Seriously, no, dude. definitely. Standout character in G.I. Joe the movie. And, of course, it being the 1987 slew of G.I. Joes, uh, he had to work hard to, to earn that spot. Over and above, Jinx, Lieutenant Falcon, Law, all those guys. Just to wrap the Mercer talk up, if you wanted to light G.I. Joe on fire again, kind of like they did with Chuckles, do a personal storyline about Mercer. And I think people would sink be, their teeth into that. And that should be an, uh, a topic for a future G.I. Joeberg episode. Totally. Hey, nice. Mercer. Yeah. Mercer, man, mystery, legend, whatever. I think that would be cool for us to do. Who is the Mercer? Guys, we're going to talk about redecos, and I think before we actually start our little um, contest for which is in fact 
the finest G.I. Joe or Cobra redecoed vehicle, I'm going to ask you guys one important question. Can you justify redecoed vehicles outside of Hasbro just grabbing our, our dollars for uh, the same old, same old, repressed in different colors? What, what value do these things have to you? Were you able to work them into your G.I. Joe uh, adventures believably? Or was it just a way for you to have the same old, same old in a different color scheme? Or maybe fill holes in your collection with earlier vehicles that were no longer available anymore? And in so doing, did you like the replacement? Or did you always covet the original more? What say you boys? I know there are a lot of questions in that question, but... <laughs> You can uh, chip away as you wish, whatever takes your fancy. It all comes down to taste. I think you can go too far. Uh, I mean, like, just taking it to Star Wars. If they came out with a, a rebel TIE fighter, you, you would probably burn some buildings down. Like, it just doesn't work. They did, buddy. Are you serious? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Somebody grab the matches. It's got, um, <laughs> it's got gigantic... <laughs> don't tell me um, that, dude. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I have to... They've, it's got gigantic Rebel Alliance faction symbols on the panels, on the, like, on either side. I mean, is this ringing any bells? Apparently it's from a graphic novel or, a, or something. Or a game or something, sure like it... a comic book maybe. But I remember distinctly seeing it. It, uh, it didn't sell very well. <laughs> Eventually it sold, but... I have no memory of that whatsoever. It exists. I've I saw it. It was. I saw it in the flesh, dude. I saw it at Outer Limits, and it was one of the deluxe ties. It's not. It, it's not like the the mass release one. It's the cool one with the really tall. Um, what are they called? Solar panels. Are they solar panels? Whatever. The the wings. The things. The tie. The tie parts. The vertical things. <laughs> Anyways, giant rebellion logos. Bam on either end, and it came with a rebel pilot. Let's let's never speak of that again. But <laughs> as far as GI Joe goes, you can go too far. But certain repaints hit, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. So I mean, for me, it, it's about discretion. Did you have any as a child, Kujo? Repaints? Oh sure, sure. No, I I love. I, I don't want to get into it because I might tip my hand. But I do. Uh, I I love a lot of the Tiger stuff, just because a, a vehicle with a grin on it gets better, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I would be a complete hypocrite if I said that I don't value redecoed vehicles. But then at the same time, and I suspect Steve is going to maybe mention the same thing, but my exposure to redecoed vehicles was in most cases my the first exposure to those vehicles ever. I had seen the Tiger Sting long before seeing a vamp. And I'd seen a Sky Havoc long before I'd seen a Havoc. So, there's that. Hmm. Yep, once again, we have to plead third world poverty. In many regards, in a pre-internet age, these redecos were our earliest blushings with the Night Raven mold, for instance, or the Dragonfly mold. We saw the Sky Raven and thought, oh my goodness, this is mythical. How did they ever make a toy that big? <laughs> Because that was a big toy to us. Similarly, the Tiger Fly, which is the repainted Dragonfly, was the earliest and only brushing we had with the Dragonfly. We were like, 
this is so incredibly detailed and real world looking. I'm almost going to overlook the fact that it has tiger stripes on it. It's just a cool looking helicopter. In the quagmire of like sky storms and mud fighters, here was a helicopter that looked like a real thing. It just had a grin on it and red missiles. But those things always got a pass as like super cool toys that almost didn't look like they belonged with what we were seeing alongside it in the catalogs that we so coveted. But realistically speaking, G.I. Joe could operate Cobra stuff that they stole, and similarly, Cobra could operate G.I. Joe stuff that they stole. An opinion that came to me when I, I think it was on YouTube, when I first posed this question during an unboxing from Quality Joe's, one of the comments was like, yeah, it kind of makes sense if Joe is reusing Cobra equipment, but why would Cobra reuse Joe when Cobra's tech is so far in advance of where G.I. Joe is at? I mean, Joe had all the conventional stuff. Cobra had all the sort of like really hokey, pinocchi, futuristic stuff, like experimental stuff. I suppose they would use Joe equipment for like workhorses, like a backbone vehicle, like in amidst their high-tech, high-speed, experimental tracked vehicles like Hisses, like uh, His Twos, like Maggots, um, later came the Stun, okay, that's not a tracked vehicle, but you know, you get my, my picture, it's a land vehicle that is kind of weird and freaky uh, and has strange and wonderful features, but mixed into that you'd have something like the repurposed Mobat, which is just a standard bare-bones tank that you'd find you know, on pretty much any battlefield uh, in the way, shape, and form of the Crimson Attack tank. We're going to get into that. But yes, so stolen Cobra tech works in Joe's hands. And I suppose stolen Joe tech for Cobra, it's just more equipment, more weight of steel. But we have decided eight of our favorite repurposed vehicles, and they're going to do battle to determine our number one repurposed vehicle out of out of every repaint under consideration which one tops out on gi joeberg we have mixed in two uh, listener choice uh, picks as well so just to keep it interesting maybe one of your picks made its way into this list who knows we'll find out the first matchup is 1990s sky raven Versus another vehicle from 1990, and that's the Tiger Sting. I selected the Sky Raven, Paul selected the Tiger Sting. Both of us have a very brief opportunity to defend our pick before Cujo selects the victor. you got to break the tie, Cujo. Mm. Alrighty. Why did I go with the Sky Raven? Because just like I've been saying, it represents the peak of Cobra aeronautical technology the night raven stolen by joe repainted and put into active service of course they gave it thorough testing before they did that they wanted to find out its capabilities its ceiling highest speeds wing loading uh how many g's it could pull its maneuverability rating all of that stuff so there is a play pattern that emerges out of the sky raven's very existence you can have Joe on a skyjacking mission if you've got an original Night Raven. You can have Joe spray painting his aircraft 
into cool Joe colors, <laughs> and you can have Joe taking to the sky in the Sky Raven, putting it through its paces, and ultimately have Joe embarking on perilous missions with this stolen Cobra tech deep behind enemy lines to test out exactly how stealthy the Sky Raven can be. And for a time, and this is to explain the Chrome, because let's face it, sometimes that 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 elements of Sky Patrol can be pretty inexplicable. I mean, it it's it's eye catching, but how do I, as an adult, explain why it's chromed up? Well, for the Sky Raven, it makes perfect sense because why? Because for a time, the United States Air Force aircraft, from I think the 1950s through to the 70s, were all silver. They were not painted white. They were not painted green or blue. You know, so the Navy and the the Army had their decos, the Air Force stuck with a very pure silver appearance, which is what the Sky Raven so neatly taps into. So it's like, we've got this experimental stolen Cobra plane, give it a, a silver paint deco. And a really flashy one at that. It looks so regal and so beautiful. Anyways, if it makes it through this round, I'll be sure to expand on further reasons why I picked the Sky Raven. I mean, who wouldn't, right? It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. But Paul, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you like the Tiger Sting? The Tiger Sting is a great toy. I mean, take away the redeco and everything. You know, you've got a vamp that's in there that's been repainted, right? And the vamp is one of the coolest G.I. Joe vehicles ever. In fact, the Vamp Mark II is a really cool vehicle with the missile launcher part on the back, adding a whole different dimension to it. And also doors and a roof makes it interesting you know you could simulate battle damage and all of that kind of stuff but what makes the tiger sting the tiger sting in particular a really cool vehicle the tiger force deco uh, or love it or hate it is probably one of the least offensive uh color schemes um in the gi joe toy lines uh it, it's sexy it stands out it's unique it actually has a lot of the same qualities as say the sky raven um in terms of the silhouette why is it one of your favorite redecos? Is what I want to know. Why should it be G.I. Joburg's ultimate redeco? That's the prize you're playing for right now, man. Why it should be G.I. Joe, Joburg's ultimate redeco is because the original vamp is green and it has a mounted gun. So the vamp is cool in its own right. But the vamp Mark II is brown and it's got the rocket launcher. And I kind of think that it needs a bit more pizzazz. It needs something a bit more, uh, a bit spicier and a bit more alive. Give it to one of G.I. Joe's most elite forces and you get the Tiger Sting. And not only do you get the, the awesome playability of the Vamp Mark II, but you get it in Tiger Camo. I mean, it's a Jeep with a grin and a rocket launcher. You could put two Joes in it. It's got a removable roof, removable, removable doors. Um, if you want them off, it's, it's a really fantastic little toy. Uh, you can have so much fun with just two Joes and a vamp, and you can literally imagine any kind of play pattern. It could be repurposing of a Cobra vehicle. It could be, uh, you know, G.I. Joe has this limited budget for the small team, and the small team has to operate on very minimal resources. So you've got this whole story centered around this little vehicle, this little vamp, which is the lifeline of the two Joes, of the two Tiger Force Joes you, you choose to pair with it. It has the potential to be fun pretty much anywhere. I mean, you could take the vamp with you in the car. You can play with it in the back seat while you're going on long road trips. You can play with the vamp on the beach. You can play with the vamp in the forest. 
by a swamp, by a small river, and you can get all kinds of fun out of it. The thing is, if you had to put it up against something like a Sky Raven, and Sky Raven's a beautiful plane, but you can't fly the Sky Raven in the backseat of your car on a long road trip. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, it's and you bit... can't pick up chicks with your Sky Raven. You can't pick up. No, you Whereas can't. Whereas rocking a Lamborghini Cheetah in Tiger Stripe, like that's a what a a Tiger. Yeah, right. A Tita. <laughs> I mean that that's definitely going to make women swoon. Uh and you got a passenger seat whereas Sky Raven you got to sit tandem style, you know, one behind yep. the other, which I suppose she can like mess with your ear, but she can't mess with your rear. So yeah, <laughs> okay. Points for Pimp over there, but uh I'm going to have to press you, man. Uh let's get a a, a ruling from master of the uh, of the ceremonies, <laughs> Kujo. This round anyway. Well, Steven does have some weight behind his words. I think uh, Hooded Cobra Commander would agree with you. That's via Twitter. Same with uh, Plastic Battles, who will be in Joburg next month. Mm -hmm. He's going to actually do a photography panel at JoeCon, so I know people are looking for that. When it comes to the Tiger Force, I always saw him as like a singular mission. Like, these vehicles were stolen, and then all of a sudden, halfway through the mission, there's a montage with rock music. And people have spray paint and they're doing stuff. And then all of a sudden you got that Jeep. I like it. And I, and I like Paul's words. I, I kind of wish it didn't have the, the yellow rims. You know, in America, we like fancy rims. Yellow doesn't play, dude. Not with rims. No, no, so totally plays, man. On rims? Got, yeah. Sadly, the, uh, the prototype had red rims. If only they'd gone well, with that. Damn. But then again, red. Yeah. How do you feel about red rims, dude? It'll be too much red. It'll be McDonald's. I'm I'm down with the yellow rims. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll hinge it on this. Does the Tiger Sting have articulated uh, headlights, or is it just the white paint? It's just the sticker, man. <laughs> there's no actually, sticker. Actually, there's no sticker on the Tiger Sting. Yeah. So it's just it's just the white paint. Uh, no no, effectual headlights, so to speak. Yeah, no detail on them really. All right, that's that's gonna hurt. When, I, when I'm thinking about, I'm sorry, Stephen, I lost the name. Sky Patrol Raven, is that right? Sky Raven, yeah. Sky Raven. Yeah, people like that plane, and there's there's plenty of reasons for it. And I think I think the reason why it's going to make it to the next round is Clint Eastwood, dude. Because like, you don't even need GI Joe to appreciate that plane. You can throw a sheet on your carpet and do the Firefox iceberg scene, dude. <laughs> like it's just tailor made and, and it's even like you're talking about flipped allegiances just throw in firefox guys enjoy um yeah i think i gotta take the sky raven oh yeah it's gonna be the one to beat when, when do we get the defending part <laughs> well you can definitely make a case all right because i i didn't want to like attack the sky raven but this gi joe viewer really hates it when uh, very iconic Cobra vehicles are taken and then turned into like the next generation level or next level of technology oh, or whatever. Oh, save it, bro. It's <laughs> going to be in the next bracket, which you will then decide. Just uh, don't hold a grudge. <laughs> no, please. I'll be totally. Uh, oh, there's subplots of Joe, bro. Whatever that is. We all know. <laughs> 
I'm going to uh, read a very cool listener response that happened on the, the G.I. Joburg Facebook group. This one comes to us from Brent McMillan, which I think might sum up what a lot of people have to say and also poses a very interesting question. He says, The short answer for me is that the original redecos like Tiger Force and Python Patrol weren't perfect, and the uniforms were a little strange. However, it was a great way to get the figures I either missed or was just too young to grab on the original release. The longer answer, looking back, I think I was about 8 or 9 when Tiger Force and Python Patrol were released. Although I had most of the figures from 86 to 87, and a fair few from 85, I only had a couple from 84 to 83, and those were my older brothers. So to get a key figure like Duke, who was in the cartoon I watched religiously, was a real boon. Plus, I never had the original Bazooka and Dusty from 85, so it was a chance to get them, albeit in a less desirable uniform update. My original Flint was also so battle-worn that I had to get a Tiger Force version as a backup. I think the same is true with the vehicles to an extent. I was the only one out of my friends who had the original Rattler, so they were pretty excited to get their own Tiger Rat. Absolutely none of us had the original Dragonfly or Cobra Water Moccasin, so it was amazing for us to get the vehicles we thought we would never get our mitts on. Python Patrol was similar with the figures. I was desperate for original Cobra Troopers, Officers, and Crimson Guards. I was happy to look past the strange paint apps to get the figures in hand. Looking back, I don't think me or my gang of friends coveted any redeco Joes or vehicles over the originals, but we were happy to fill our ranks with redecos of the heroes and enemies that were missing from the battlefield. It's interesting to speculate how the legitimacy or credibility of the lines in the minds of us kids would have been if the cartoon had been around to support the narrative. Well, they kind of did. At least as far as Python Patrol is concerned. Mm. We actually get the Pythonization process unpacked in the Deke, well, debut, I guess. Operation Dragonfly? <laughs> Operation Dragonfire, that's it. Yeah, man. So Python Patrol made an entry, but of course, who cares about Deke? It's irrelevant. But it would have been very interesting if they'd introduced these sub-teams in the media a little bit more strongly. Unfortunately, whenever we saw Tiger Force crop up in the co comic book, or Python Patrol crop up in the comic book, it was like, it's kind of forced, man. They don't really give it all the air it needs, or the airtime it needs, or the explanation it needs. Python Patrol had one really, like, tongue-in-cheek issue of the comic book that introduced the Python Patrol, because it spoke about radar invisibility as part of this Pyth Pythonization process, but then the radar that they were trying to defeat had been switched off anyway, so it was ambiguous. <laughs> it was like, is Dr. Mindbender actually onto something, or is he just smoking crack? They wanted copperhead and yellow underwear. <laughs> <laughs> and a crimson god that is anything but crimson. I mean, some of the most heinous crimes were committed in redecos, but we are talking specifically vehicles this time. To move on to our next bracket, thanks for that one, Brent McMillan from Oz. We're moving on to our next bracket, and yes, Tiger Sting is... Where is he from? From Australia. So that's where they say the word boon? Good to know. Boon? Everybody says boon. And Larry Harmer taught me that word when he had Storm Shadow scripted as saying... Technology, what a boon to villainy thou art. I mean, what the fuck? Shakespearean text in my kid's comic book. Amazing. 
Technology! What a boon to evil thou art! Villainy, but nice try. Anyways, uh, our next our next matchup, gents, is the Rattler four-wheel drive from 1998, which is Cujo's pick, versus a listener's choice, and that's the Equalizer from 1989, which is the redeco of the G.I. Joe Mauler, but with some sculpt improvements uh, and changes. Are there improvements? Well, there certainly are changes. So this might actually be a little bit of a questionable pick. Is it a straight-up redeco, or is it a cheat, because it has new parts? I'm going to allow it for the sake of argument, but uh, it'll certainly make it controversial if we crown it as our winner. Hmm. Anyways... Kujo, do you want to tell us a little about the Rattler four-wheel drive and why you selected it as one of your favorite redecos? For sure. I think with the Rattler, at first glance, you're kind of put off because the iconic airplane that preceded it. But I would say that the, the color accents are in the right places on this vehicle. The missiles really jump out, uh, the Cobra Insignia too. And I, I kind of like the blue and white camo. It works for me. I know it's a little, uh, but... I'm, I'm going to allow it this time. But honestly, like, I think this is a two for one because you, you get Viper too, which she's kind of more than a vehicle driver for Cobra because they just don't have too many named females. So I like her. I think she brings something to it, even though she's basically in pajamas and, and it, it's, she still serves a role. And if you, if you take a look at her file card, she kind of makes a, a cool love interest for Copperhead. You know, they're both born in the swamps, great wheelmen. Or I'm sorry, they're both great wheel people, so to speak. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of like that for that reason, kind of bringing it into the fold. I, I know it's it's still a Cobra vehicle, but it works for me. And, and, and also, if you got the Cobra Rattler, then you can pick up the, uh, the Sting Raider, which uh, classic action figures likes. Um, and dude, let me, let me go combo on this one. Dude, the Sting Raider comes with Two action figures, of course, Copperhead, who drives it, and also uh, Swamp Viper. He's a real doppelganger for uh, Green Goblin. So maybe that guy steals Serpentor's uh, uh, ride and kind of turns the whole fair into a, uh, a Spider-Man fight. Who knows? <laughs> so what, have you just picked another vehicle to throw <laughs> into I did, this fight? I did, well, so I had to turn it into a It's now the Rattler story. and the Stingraider versus the Equalizer. <laughs> can the combined might? <laughs> How can you have Viper without Copperhead after those file cards? Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Damn, son. Okay. Well, they're, they're, they're exciting. The Equalizer is a pretty impressive tank. And uh, I think, Paul, maybe you should rep for it. Why should, uh, huh. why, should I, why should I pick the Equalizer over the Rattler with Viper? Okay, well, mostly it's because your vision still works. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I, oh, I kind of wow. like the, 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 the texture that uh, the, the 1998 release of the Stinger gets with the Rattler four-wheel drive. I mean, it's it's not distracting, and it's it's kind of Cobra-esque. It's not like they did the kind of the swirly paint effect uh, with the plastic. That, it's a, that it's is a true. legit deco, and it gives it, it, gives it a, a depth. It's a kind of an airbrushed almost uh, appearance to it i think uh, again well i, I don't want to go and talk about th this rattler too much now because i really don't want it to get to the next round 
no offense, Cujo, but if the Tiger Sting doesn't make it, this thing doesn't deserve to make it. <laughs> but, um, but to be fair, it is more of a Stinger redeco, so that's cool. I'm sure in 1998, had I seen this on the shelf, I may have felt compelled to pick it up. Um, and then subsequently would have tried to pull a Steve and sprayed it black uh, to turn it into a real Stinger. Pulling a Steve, folks, is when you buy a vehicle and then you decide you want to paint it into a much better color scheme. But not like in a custom way, like in a the actual color scheme is shit, so you want to make it something cooler. <laughs> uh, Steve. But let's talk about the equalizer because that thing deserves your money. That thing deserves your money so bad that I'm actually looking for one on eBay. I got to say, dude, this vehicle is great. I mean, the Mauler itself is an awesome tank. But this is amazeballs. I mean, when I saw this the other day from that listener who posted it up on, on our Facebook group, I was like, what is this vehicle? And why have I never seen it before? And, like, why don't I have this? This is incredible. It's got all the things I love about a vehicle like this. It's, you can put tons of guys on it. It's got missiles. It's got a very real military um, kind of look to it. That's not always a sales pitch for me. But in this case, it definitely sells this thing really hard. Thankfully, Cobra doesn't have a repaint of it, so that makes it stand out as well. And it becomes the de facto vehicle for the Slaughter's Marauders, if that's something that you care about. I don't. Certainly a better chariot than the Triple T for uh, the Sarge. Oh, totally. I have to fully agree on that one. I mean, look at this thing. It's just it's just guns, 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 and treads. And, and like, that color scheme is very good. It's got a very uh, sort of a NATO woodland camo style situation going for it, which is more effective um, than the Rattler four-wheel drives uh, camo. I mean, it's much better. It's got more stuff. It's big. I can play with more toys. I can take it to my friends' houses and it won't get lost And because, you know, it's just so big and it's amazing. And it's not just a toy Jeep. <laughs> I think that seals, that seals the fate of the uh, Cobra Rattler four-wheel drive. Against the Equalizer... Sorry, Cujo, no contest, buddy. It's got to go to the equalizer. And good afternoon, JD from the East Coast. We have just uh, accepted a new um, player into the fold. It's now a four-player game. What's up, JD? Hello, how's it going? Codename Onesie. JD Onesie from the General Geekery Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen. The, the, uh, yeah, the rather four-wheel drive sucks. You mean Viper's Jeep? Yeah, that thing sucks. So, yeah, um, yeah, tell him, JD. <laughs> them's fighting um, words. That was actually Cujo's pick, so you've already started a great uh, match, buddy. Well, yeah, but, you know, compared to the uh, Stinger, yeah, uh, no. It was, it, it looked like they, they lost control of the spray paint can. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. let me let me ask you this. Are, are you a Giants fan or a Jets fan? Um, I don't like basketball. Well, this is the trade-off. If you go equalizer, you got spirits, ponytails, flapping in the wind. And I'm okay with that. As far as Vipra, you're, you're taking a named female out of the Cobra equation. That's, that's a big loss for me. Oh, no, no. Viper can stay, but, but put, her behind the, put her behind the wheel of a stinger, and, and you got a winner. So... Yeah, she's a yeah, she's a cool character, but she was never a good fit for the Jeep. Well, especially because if you read her file card, she reads like a dreadnought. The bio they set up that Thomas Wheeler wrote 
Yeah, she reads more like uh, Dreadnought or um, kind of a fringe Cobra character. Like, she never struck me as somebody that would be part of the armor division of Cobra. Can, can, you, but, can you see her being an ally of Copperheads on any level? Absolutely. In fact, that's that's a lot of the way I think of her is that she probably would ally with Copperhead because I always felt like Thrasher was the Dreadnoughts equivalent of Copperhead. And even in my mind, those three would tend to run together on the battlefield. Well, see, my Joe verse is a little twisted where Thrasher is actually a, a member of Cobra. He actually broke ranks with the Dreadnoughts and joined Cobra and Viper and Copperhead. Yeah, he frequently deploys with them on missions. So, um, yeah, she's awesome, but that Jeep just never, it wasn't a winner with me. Just because it, it always just seemed to be kind of tacked onto the line. Uh, it wasn't built as well as the Stinger was, and it felt kind of flimsy, so... Quality concerns aside, I'm going to attack what I said earlier, and this kind of is going to be an overarching theme in this kind of redeco debate, and that's, if you're going to do something, be bold about it. Don't do another Cobra Jeep in the same mold as the Stinger in a dark color. It's going to stand out like a sore thumb in a fleet of Stingers. Unless you do it crazy, unless it's like pimped out, like that is the command Jeep or something. Like, it's, yeah, you've got to be bold. you got to be Tiger Force or not. <laughs> yeah, I agree. If they had outfitted it a little differently to make it stand out more than the paint job, I think it would have been a winner. But it wasn't, uh, yeah, it was just it was just sort of a, a half-concocted idea. Um, but then the year that it came from between, you know, between 1997 and 1998, None of those vehicles really stand stand up. I mean, the Rattler repaint as the A-10 Thunderbolt was, okay, that was pretty cool. But, yeah, I didn't really feel like any of the other ones mm. worked. I guess you could say that about both toy lines in general. So, <laughs> <They try>. um, <laughs> uh, you know what? I will champion the 97 and 98 lines simply because they were not as well received as... <laughs> Uh, they may have been if quality had not been the enemy of those lines. So, um, Amen. But I think categorically we can say that in the contest between the Rattler four-wheel drive and the Equalizer, it's uh, going the Equalizer's way. Uh, just to catch you up, JD, our surprise guest. Listeners, if you don't know JD, uh, check out General Geekery Podcast. Check out our episode of General Geekery Podcast. Uh, and then you'll get the fuller introduction. But this guy, we had an absolute gas with him the last time we podcasted together with he, him and his co-contributor, Brian. What's Brian up to anyways? Right now? He's in parts unknown. Yeah, well, he's a remote duty medic in uh, right. uh, like Central Europe at the moment. Interesting. Sorry he couldn't be here with us on this fine occasion. But to catch you up, JD, we had a previous battle between the Sky Raven and the Tiger Sting, and uh, no points for guessing which one came out on top there. Uh, you know, Chrome wins. Yeah, yeah thank Chrome you. Wins. Thank you. That took a little longer than I'd hoped. <laughs> well, because I was trying to 
I, I had to put it together which one the st- the tiger sting, sting was, <laughs> and then when I realized that it because that was the ferret, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, it was um, the, uh, the, the 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 vamp. vamp. Oh, vamp okay. Two. All right. Yeah. Um, that was not. Uh, uh, yeah, Chrome wins. Um, Thank you. Not, <laughs> I, yeah. Okay. I was um, expecting him to say burn them all that got cinemat later. But, um, okay. <laughs> no, not this time. Not, <laughs> not this time. Well, I'm gonna keep you on the hot seat because uh, I want you to come up with our next pick, and I'm not gonna tell Ooh, you who you're gonna yeah. come up against. Uh, so, just off the top of your head, what is your favorite reading? Um, you mean, you mean I'm picking one of them and then you're matching it against something else? Correct. Okay, well, then. <laughs> um. Then uh, I'm gonna have to bring up the uh, Python Conquest. Ooh. Python Conquest, interesting. You're going up against another Cobra redeco. This time it's the Cobra Invader from 1993. <laughs> oh my God, he's nominating the Basilisk. That's why Skype kicked him off for mentioning it. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. There's no Basilisk in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that was put okay. in the teaser. That was put in the teaser shot purely to irritate people. <laughs> so. Nope, but the matchup <laughs> is funny. indeed the Cobra Invader versus your pick, JD, and that's the Python Patrol Conquest. The Invader is one of Cujo's picks, so Cuj, do you want to motivate for us, man? You want me to go first? <laughs> well, uh, I, I thought I was going to put the brakes on JD at some point, but uh, we can let him keep going, bro. <laughs> Uh, the Cobra Invader, I mean, dude, we know the Pogo Ball, we know the comic introduction, but realistically, dude, if you're in that thing, when it lands, all 33 of your vertebrae are going to turn to soup, most likely, unless Cobra's got shocks that we don't know about. Wait but, a minute, wasn't the Invader, I know it was a repainted Pogo, but am I wrong? Wasn't it a, didn't they turn it into a Joe vehicle? Negative. Or was it still... Or, it's okay, still Cobra. It's still a Cobra vehicle. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, you know what? I'm thinking of the Stellar Stiletto. That's right. They, they turned that into a Joe vehicle. Okay. Yeah, I got mixed up there. No well, problem. as somebody who, for some reason, always kind of liked a Pogo, well, I like the color scheme on the Star Brigade version better. Um, mm. it, it looked badass, if nothing else. Well, I but, think... In a toy line that's it's pretty terrestrial, uh, you don't have many situations for like the uh, you know the defiant when it's when it's in play. I kind of feel like that the uh, the invader it's just a great name. It, you think aliens, and honestly, if they would have put suction cups on the bottom of the springs, it would have turned it into some kind of like interactive toy that could have you know you can latch onto the defiant and then somebody can hop out zero G and have a different fighting arena. Oh, yeah. I, I think it just works. I think it works. Yeah, that's a good idea. Why didn't Thanks, they brother. do that? They should have. Ugh. It was 1993, and the toy line was punch drunk and heading for the ropes, man. Yeah, but I'm surprised that they didn't retool it a little bit like that, because, um, sure. I mean, they were still they were still retooling things at that point. It makes oh, sense. Oh, well, man. what do you, what I, do you I, got I, with the Conquest, brother? All right. 
here's the coolest thing about the Conquest. See, when I was a kid, I didn't have a Sky Striker, but I, I had a Conquest. And I loved that plane. And they only made it cooler when they redecoed it in that red and black uh, net color scheme of the Python Patrol. They turned what was already a great jet into a stealth vehicle. And, ah, uh, God, I just, it's just gorgeous. I was never a proponent of uh, Cobra vehicles being turned into Joe vehicles. But at the same time, I was all about some Joe vehicles being turned into Cobra vehicles. <laughs> because that just seemed like such a Cobra thing to do. Hmm. Um, was that they would steal some Joe vehicles and say, hey, we're going to repurpose this. And uh, so, yeah, the Python Conquest, man, that thing was just, what an amazing piece of technology. It's like they took what was already a great jet and then made it even better by, you know, now it's now it's all stealth bombing and and even more dangerous than it already was. Plus, you put that nut job copperhead behind the control stick and, well, there's going to be fireworks. <laughs> True. Hey, Stephen, did the ASP make this list? The Python ASP? The Python ASP, uh, since it was one of your um, weak <laughs> picks, uh, it's it's in our next contest. Okay, where we that's pick cool. up Where we pick make... up the worst redecos. Oh, stop that. <laughs> that's not very nice. Oh, hold on. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure it, it would come up. So you how guys... are we going to do this? I actually like the original Pogo Deco, but I and, I and I and I do agree that the um, Invader makes for a better, well, represents a better use of the Pogo as a space vehicle. Oh, I fully agree with that. I mean, I always kind of liked the Pogo, but when they put it in space, and it was very, well, yeah, because it was kind of otherworldly. So yeah, putting it into space, I did, I, I do think made made a lot more sense. Especially totally. where there's no gravity to worry about, because like, <laughs> like you said, when that thing lands, well, there goes your spine. Um, right, exactly. And I really do love the idea of um, the the actual Python Patrol redecoed Conquest. Um, the Conquest is not necessarily my favorite jet in the GI Joe line, but I do like the idea that Cobra would take it and then deco it up almost to, you know, show it up in Joe's face. And I could imagine a Python Patrol wild weasel helming that thing. Holy more as, shit, uh, that would have been cool. That would have been really cool, because, um, you know, wild weasel is like that. He would he would totally be sinister like that. So Well, you know what? It's even more ballsy, because they didn't even bother to rename it. They kept the Conquest name to throw it in Joe's face. Right, exactly. Yeah, this was yours. <laughs> she said, I didn't even are. think about that. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> yeah. the Joes, you know, like the Tiger Force vehicles, they renamed all of them. But, sure. yeah, they didn't bother to rename the Conquest. They just kept it and said, ha ha, fuck you guys. And we and, stole it. <laughs> good catch. This is actually quite a difficult one for me, but it it is going to be the Conquest, but by like a hair. Okay, because... I think um, the Conquest is ultimately a better toy and needed to be re-released. You know, it was early in the game. I mean, we had only had the original color for the Conquest, and this was the Conquest's second deco, and it was still cool for that, and, and the purpose for its existence was cool. So I'm going to say the Conquest goes through, but only by a hair, because the Invader does have 
uh, a certain Genesis acquired to it, and it is actually a vehicle I wish to own, ironically. So I'll just have to light you up with one of those uh, lime green missiles. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> Here's what I'll, well, what I'll add to that, Paul. I, I agree, obviously, your decision was a, was a sound one, but I'll say that taken in the light of the Cobra Invader, the Cobra Pogo has new value in my eyes. I think the original Deco is stronger than the than the Redeco, than the Invader, mm-hmm. but I now think of the Cobra Pogo as an Astro Vipers personal ride. Like you have a bunch of Astro Vipers all in Pogos, and they're operating in yeah. outer space. Because the color scheme matches. Yeah, it saves that vehicle for me. I don't dig the the Invaders color scheme. And I don't dig the Pogo's well, modus operandi. I don't know. But if you switch the two, if you switch the two, if you make the Pogo operate in outer space, I'm like, yeah, I buy that. Well, no, make the buzz bore uh, sort of a moon landing device as well. I mean, like, why not? All the kinky, freaky Cobra vehicles can operate in outer space. How well, about that? I could give an edge to the to the invaders' weaponry simply because. Uh, you know, you made a joke about attacking it with a lime green missile. Well, what if it was lime green because it's radioactive? Bam! That's right. Get a glow in the dark, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It'll, it, it, yeah. It's a two-pronged attack. Then, yeah, it's explosive. But hey, if that doesn't kill you, it's gonna melt you. Gonna light up your life. Well, then I hope the septic tank makes it into our final bracket, or does it? <laughs> but in any Ooh, case, the, um, the 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 um, the Python Conquest X30 makes it into the semis. The Cobra Invader does not. In our final quarterfinal matchup, I went a little bit uh, wild card, and I have my reasons. But I'm gonna nominate a very underrated vehicle. Underrated, perhaps for a good reason, because it's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you bring uh, up the Cobra Rat. Oh, crap. No, no. Well, what, what redecos were done on the Cobra Rats? Did they really bring that back? I think Fun School Gross. did, but never mind that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, forget that. I'm going to nominate the European release of the remote piloted vehicle from... Okay, in the States it was in 88, but the RPV was a Euro release in 1990, I think. The reason for this, you laugh, Paul, the reason, (laughs) if you are scratching your heads, as I'm sure you are, or frantically Googling this vehicle now, the RPV from 1990, European release, it is the RPV that was released in the States, except completely recolored. Completely. Fuck, I don't even remember what the original one looked like. It oh, was so like shit. tan with like a white missile or white drone, if you want to call it that. But it, 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 okay, oftentimes European releases had slight redecos. Like the Mud Fighter has blue bombs in Europe as opposed to silver bombs that it had in the States. And so those slight oh, changes oh, were, okay. I suppose, explained by, by whatever plastic they had to hand in the factory. I don't know. I'm making this up as I go along. Clearly. <laughs> the RPV, from the ground up, every single part that, that makes up this very basic drone-launching vehicle, is a recolor. Why? It is completely inexplicable, but 
the recolor in this case is superior to the original in every way. Can we at least agree upon that? Um, yeah, the color, if the you're color able is better. To find it. Uh, the color is better. Wow, you're actually trying to find merit in either version. That's interesting. Well, here's okay. Here's here's a further bit of justification before we dust off this vehicle into the the, the halls of vehicle obscurity. When you park it next to your Defiant, and I know you're gonna do that right this second, because <laughs> you haven't owned both. It makes perfect sense. It has the Defiant's color palette matched to a T. And why wouldn't you want a drone vehicle launcher? to be in operation alongside your defined launch complex. You know, you want to get a readout on upper atmosphere conditions, temperature, air pressure, uh, everything that the RPV, presumably, because it fires a drone, can provide. So this is a complementary small vehicle so for your defined launch complex. So you made the case that it's a flying thermometer. Okay, cool. Um, well, what? It, is it supposed to be offensive? I have... It's offensive, all right. Um, <laughs> Back in 1988, that is exactly what drones looked like. I mean, now, as a drone, the RPV is laughable. I mean, this thing would have about as much range or fuel capacity as, like, a Phoenix missile, perhaps even less. Uh, so it wouldn't have much loitering time at all. I mean, drones nowadays, they can fly for days because they have huge wingspans and... They don't have jet engines. They're prop-driven. Um, this thing, pff, it's a joke. But you can't dispute the fact that drone warfare is important. And the, the RPV was G.I. Joe's first foray into that. And the reason why I selected it as my sort of wildcard pick is because it is the only example I think anyone is ever likely to come to mind of a redeco being a superior color scheme to the original. I challenge anyone to, to, to dispute me on that. Nah, I can agree with that. The European release of the RPV is superior to the original release. Yeah. And it is one of those great mysteries of G.I. Joe. Why did they recolor it? They even recolored it on the artwork. Well, of course they recolored the artwork. But it's done so comprehensively that I was convinced that this is, this is the original version of the RPV. This is the version we got. So I'm like, when I first saw the American release, I was like, that thing sucks. It sucks even harder than the original vehicle sucks. And the original vehicle sucks pretty bad. So I got to make a case for why the Sky Shark is, is better than the RPV. Oh, God. Um, good luck. Oh, well, yeah, good we go. luck with that. Here's my first point. It's not the RPV. So yes, <laughs> in this bracket, sorry, the RPV is up against the Sky Shark, just in case you were wondering. I can reverse that argument and say the RPV isn't the Sky Shark. So. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm going to stand on the grounds that I think the RPV and the Sky Shark, pick up a Sky Shark, 50 Rand, if not less, that's $5. Uh, well, US less. Oh, less. Okay, and thank RPV, you. And an RPV you could probably pick up for 30 bucks, which is $3 for our listeners. In fact, I actually think they were giving people RPVs as free gifts. That's actually how. <laughs> 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 that's actually how I think I got my Dominator. I think my Dominator was a, uh, was something I got for free from buying something else. Anyway, so there's that. Uh, the Sky Shark is, uh, to me, it's the evolution of the Shark because the original Shark is white and it's 
you know, that white coloring or that white sort of light gray, white kind of coloring made it sort of space age in a lot of ways. So to elevate that, to take that to the next level, they uh, 1980s DeLorean did and just, uh, but this added some chrome and they made it super space age because everything in space had to be chrome back, back metal. So I kind of like to see the shark, the sky shark is like the shark mark two. Um, whereas the upgrades are internal, not external. Uh, I've also recently got a shark, so I can really appreciate how cool it is. And the chrome is totally a winner. It's a very cool aesthetic piece. To quote Lily, uh, the girl that I'm, uh, well, that I'm seeing exclusively. Putting it into. <laughs> I didn't say that. Uh, you, the girl that you, I'm now. I did. You don't <laughs> got to introduce her. She, the relationship was born on the podcast, bro. Yeah, I was going to say, she was on the podcast, so. That's right. Uh, <laughs> that, that lovely female voice you heard on the podcast in our last episode, and I bet she's blushing right now. She saw it, and she was like, that's absolutely beautiful. And I was like, I know, right? And then I showed her the Sky Shark, and she was like, wow, what a cool vehicle. <laughs> so, um. You know, when somebody who's just been introduced to G.I. Joe says something about your, your vehicle, uh, something like that about your She's vehicle. Trying to get then, into your pants. Uh, dude, you know it, and you know it works. <laughs> Sky <laughs> Shark is a cool Ulterior motive, man. Ulterior motive. And my final closing argument for the Shark is that it's a re-release of a great toy. Not the best toy ever made, but a great toy. And if you had to open up two Christmas gifts... You know, during Christmas time, you had to tear open two boxes and one was from your grandma and the other one was from your aunt. And let's say your aunt got you the shark and your grandma got you the RPV. I'm just saying that <laughs> your aunt would be the coolest person in Christmas. You'd be like, oh, aunt so-and-so, you're so awesome. You got me the sky shark. I'm, I'm glad you dug it. Uh, That's my guess. What do you say, JD? Who are you watching in this round? All right, well, it's going to the RPV because <laughs> – because, uh, I'll just put it out there. I'm in a I'm in a small minority of fans. I don't like the shark. I don't like the shark in any color scheme that it was ever put out in. You got to recuse yourself, then, bro. Yep. Clearly. Yep. I, yeah, I do. I because man, even the nightshade wasn't all that cool, and the night force color scheme worked on most of the vehicles. So yeah. Yeah, I'll recuse myself. Fair enough. I guess it's up to the West Coast then. Bam. <laughs> Like, we should have a shark week on Joburg where we just talk about the shark. <laughs> but chrome works when the lines are smooth. I think that's why they work on the Raven. Uh, when it comes to the shark, it starts to look like Battlestar Galactica. I'm not saying <laughs> Which that's is cool. I'm not saying it's bad. I do agree point. with you. If you're on Christmas morning, you're probably going to enjoy the, the shark more. I like uh, broken battlefields. I like weird-looking cars. So... I think I'm going to go with the, the RPV, even though I would enjoy the shark You're more. You're kidding. Well, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> with the added play feature that if you got the RPV, you can, like, tie somebody to the missile and interrogate them. And if you don't like what they're saying, you just launch it. So, I mean, like, <laughs> that adds more of a Cobra Commander spin. But Okay, that... That is kind of cool, and to be fair, Steve actually made a really compelling argument for the RPV. Like, it actually got me thinking I should get one, but then I don't have it defined, so I can dodge that bullet. <laughs> but, like, I thought the RPV... It intrigues me feature... because it begs the question, why was the color changed? Hmm. And so, uh... for the better, it is the only original... Well, I mean, <laughs> it is an... Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to re be restating my same points, but, like... It's a redeco that actually improves on the original. 
Uh, and what redeco can say that it does that? I guess the, just the RPV. I guess you can polish a turd. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just always thought the RPV's hidden feature was, like, embarrassment. Like, you know, oh, you have an RPV. Uh, yeah. I mean, they even saw fit to put it in the background of the most recent G.I. Joe movie. And for what? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> really? What? Yeah, really? dude, if you... There's a uh, weapon that's in the background of some area in the movie. I can't think of it exactly, but it looks like the RPV. You're like, really? Like, wow. That, okay. that is the thing that they felt that fans would want to see in the background of this movie. That's why you guys don't remember it, because your brain is like, don't look at it. You'll turn it to stone. <laughs> it's, a deep, it's a deep cut pick. I like it. <laughs> oh, and uh, uh, being the recent defiant owner that I am... There is a sculpt element of the RPV that is stolen from the Defiant. So there's another little link between these two vehicles. It's on the, uh, the radar unit. No, sir. Okay, well, look for it yourself then. Listen. Enjoy this victory, because it, it, it won't last too long. <laughs> hey, man, I'm standing up for the little guys. So, in our, semi, in our semi-final round... We have the Sky Raven versus the Equalizer on one side, and the RPV versus the Cobra Python Patrol Conquest X30 on the other. Which shall we start with? <laughs> the easy one, right? Uh, Python Patrol versus Euro RPV. What say you, gents? Well, let me champion um, the RPV on this one. What the fuck? Right? Wow. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Kujo's yep. putting You're a fire tonight, buddy. I am. Since since I didn't get any love in the first round. Um, I didn't get any love either, clearly. <laughs> I got your back, brother. Um, I th- the thing about the Conquest is it it's only goes one speed, and it's really fast. I don't know. Uh-huh. I kind of I kind of like I kind of like the RPV is like one shot versus an Armada. You can have like a Bruce Willis moment where there's a Conquest flying down your you know right towards you, and you're just like, I got one shot. If you launch that drone right, or I would call it a missile, that could be a pretty crowning moment. Something to consider. To be fair, I mean, after you fight off the RPV's drone, if it misses the conquest, the chair is still on fire, right? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't come with a fire extinguisher. It really should. And so, so clearly, it just confuses all kinds of uh, any kind of heat-seeking missile technology. <laughs> So I suppose there's Yeah, that. to be honest, Cujo, if, you, if you're interrogating someone, all you need to do is, instead of strapping them to the drone, you just you just put them in the chair and lock the seatbelt down on them. <laughs> that guy better talk. G.I. Joe book, ladies and gentlemen, the only place that's going to give the RPV any credit. <laughs> wow. yeah. That's me making a case. It's up to you to decide who's repping the conquest this time around. Me. All right. Yeah, JD. Well, the RPV would have been cooler in Python Patrol colors. Um, That's a good point. I can't deny the Python Patrol Conquest is a pretty snappy redeco. It's beautiful. And I wish Cobra had a a solid dogfighter at that point. They really didn't. I mean, until right, you get they, the the hurricane. Um, yeah. Um. Ooh. Ooh. The sky, the sky, the oh. Night Raven isn't it, and neither is the Rattler. Oh my! So they needed something like the Conquest. Man, what? Oh uh, uh, man, you said you, you know, you said the Hurricane. Man, imagine that in Python Patrol colors. 
Ooh. Yeah, that would be sexy. You know, I'll say with the Python Conquest, it may not have been everybody's forte to see that particular jet repainted, but I think it fit with the rest of the line. I mean, you know, it's quick, and they made it stealthy, and I was figured the problem with it was there was probably only one of them because I don't think Cobra could have gotten their hands around more than one of them. So if something happened to it on the battlefield, it was probably not replaceable. Unlike uh, the Python Stun and the Python Asp, where they were already in Cobra's motor pool. So if their supply of them ran out because due to destruction, they could have grabbed more from the motor pool and decoed them again. The Python Conquest was probably one of a kind. So I think... Uh, so. Not easily replaceable. On on a side note, I'll just say that the only reason stuns got Pythonized was because if they would go too fast, they'd probably flip over. So at least this way they could move slowly in the battlefield without being targeted. And they were probably a really great insurance write-off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta make your money back on those things somehow. But then on, on a serious note, though, you know, I think the RPV was just responsible for a lot of sort of childhood trauma because <laughs> what happened is, uh, you know what it's like. Uh, your parents are busy people. They don't get a chance to do um, Christmas or birthday shopping or whatever, you know, holiday that you celebrate. And uh, they get to the toy shop a little bit after the horde has gotten to the toy shop. So all that's left are these uh, mounds of RPVs. So you get one of those as a birthday gift or a Christmas gift or whatever, and you are from, uh, forever haunted by the fact that your parents are just not the kind of people that put effort into you. You know, they just they just really just <laughs> walked into that place. Oh, Paul, poor poor Paul Lobsher. Uh. And uh, listen, I'm just making a case here for that. I mean, listen, I'm the proud owner of the bartender from Brave Star for the very same reason. But then I also got forty forty, so that's <laughs> random. Anyway, um. <clears throat> 30, 30, 40, 40, 30, 20, 30, 30, 30. <laughs> horsey, horsey, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, like the RPV is just probably like the Coastal Defender and the Battle Barge, it's probably, you know, responsible for a lot of just childhood trauma, it's probably left the world with a lot more needy children, needy people, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that's why the Conquest should win, I mean, I don't even have to, to glow on the Conquest's mer merits, <laughs> um, Unless you had it oh my goodness. I'm not going to lump the RPV in with this, in, into the same category as the stupid fucking Battle Barge, but uh, even I think that uh, this wildcard entry has gone as far as it, it should go, it was especially against a venerable opponent like the, the Python Patrol Conquest. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, though I will say to your point, JD, that... Uh, as far as I recall, in the comic books at least, uh, it seems like the conquests were like um, old military surplus that Darklon had gotten his hands on, and he was trying to push them off on um, Larry Hammer's uh, fictional Eastern European nation called Volkerkuk-Uk-Land, uh, which is yeah. what? Um, Cloud, Cloud Cuckoo Land. 
ha ha little play on words there well done mr harmer um anyway so like they were in abundance it was like gi joe had more than they needed so these things wound up in the hands of less reputable arms dealers like uh darklon and he was trying to push them off on prospective clients and everyone was like well why should we buy these vehicles they're old news like everyone's got them and he's like "Ooh, wait Ooh, i've got this new pythonization process courtesy of dr mindbender uh so guess what? All your old vehicles now have this kind of weapons upgrade program, which make them invisible to radar or something to that effect. So, yeah, you could take it either way. Either it's a unique thing that Cobra has in its arsenal, or you go the way of the comic books and that it's like everyone's got them. It's, it's so passe that they don't want anymore almost. Any hooch, uh, the Conquest beats the, the RPV. Goodbye, little friend. And the whole world is surprised. A valiant effort. I know, right? Our next matchup is not going to be so easily decided. It is the excellent Sky Raven in its sexy, sexy chrome deco versus the Equalizer, which comes to us from a listener by the name of Ronald Hoff, who has actually repurposed his Equalizer as an October Guard vehicle. He's got stickers on it that uh, proudly display its Soviet faction. And uh, it, it looks pretty spiffy with a bunch of October God figures riding it. But in the contest against the Sky Raven, I don't know. Is the Sarge's uh, equalizer likely to take it? What say you, gents? Who wants first blood? I'm going to go. Okay. Where are you going to go? Equalizer, equalizer, equalizer. So here's the thing, right? A Silver Night Raven is cool. I can totally admit to that fact because I like the Sky Raven. Um, it was my first blushing with that vehicle. But the Night Raven is what got me to buy one. Okay. Anyway, the Equalizer, not only is it a very good sensible uh, recolor, um, it goes from one sensible military color scheme to another, it also provides a different role in in gi joe um from being a a, a plain the sort of infantry weapon or long-range artillery weapon so to speak um oh, i wouldn't really go as far as to say artillery but anyway it's an infantry well, from weapon. going from a battle tank to i suppose more of an anti-aircraft tank. yeah and it's cool it's, it's almost like a moving sam site or you know whatever it's it's great it, it, it actually it's cool to see the same vehicle being able to fulfill two different roles and it, all it took was them to change its color and put a different uh, sort of turret on it. And that turret actually adds to its play value. It, it Like I, I said in my earlier argument, it makes it the de facto weapon for the uh, Slaughter's Marauders. And it adds a lot of play value for that. But it's actually a good example of a recolor. It's like, even if it wasn't a redeco, if it was the same color as the original, it would still be worth buying because of those additional features or that, that additional sort of change that they've done to it. Um, plus, uh, you know, uh, Stephen made, made a cool point there. Well, mentioned something that I thought was very cool. Ronald Hoff having um, redecoed his into an October Guard vehicle. That is something uh, that adds to its allure. It's got a very realistic uh, sort of military uh, appeal or aesthetic which lends itself well to custom projects where you could, you know, you could tiger fire it, you could pythonize it, you could knight uh, force it, you could 
God, if you really wanted to, you could Sky Patrol it. Uh, but that's going to be expensive. But you could literally do anything you wanted with it, which is which is great because it doesn't have too much of a of an intrinsic sort of sculpt identity. Whereas I find that the the Sky Raven is very much a Cobra vehicle, and, and maybe maybe my um, perception of the Sky Raven has changed because I own Night Raven now, and I'm just more aware of it what it is now. But okay, we have one vote for the equalizer. One thing that's really, really, really awesome about the equalizer specifically, you could actually do it up in South African deco because it's got a very <laughs> strong, strong similarity to some of our South African military vehicles. Just putting that out there. Carrying on. Yeah, similar camo scheme. Mm. JD, what say you, brother? I don't know. I'm gonna give it to the Sky Raven. No, oh. simply because <laughs> the jet was already so sleek, and then they. Basically made it look like, uh, well, like you said, it was kind of the, you know, the space age where 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 the chrome deco, you know, helped the futuristic look. And I don't know, it just it looked like it'd be just about the fastest plane in the world. Plus, <laughs> Firefox, baby, Firefox. Yeah, I mean, it's just so I don't know, like it had an appeal to it, just so nice to look at where the equalizer it's a great utilitarian military vehicle but yeah, it didn't have the aesthetics that uh that the jet had i'm going to recuse myself from this since i selected the sky raven to begin with so i think that means we're going to leave it squarely in the hands of cujo to decide which one makes it through but uh, JD, do you do you need to uh, do you need to balance, man? Yeah, I do. But uh, uh, next time you guys do a vehicle showdown episode, uh, I want in on it. This is fun. Of course. Um, yeah, of but, course, uh, buddy. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I gotta go. Just for the record, man, what what would be your worst example of a redeco? Oh. Um. Um. <laughs> no pressure, maybe, nothing. Um, Put on the spot like that. You know what? Uh, I would probably have to go with uh, uh, no, the Rock Slide ATV from uh, 2002. Uh, mm. The 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 one that came with the bright yellow frostbite figure. That thing. I mean, the giant Gatling gun on the top. Yeah. The, uh, the half ass destruction. They just. Oh my god! They flip that thing right over. They. They, they took the Polar Battle Bear, which was cool, and they just managed to make it feel like a knockoff toy. Um, it looked like one. It felt like <laughs> one. That was, a, that was a terrible repaint. It was a step below that the cheap-feeling Dominator they did in the same series. Hmm. Hmm. But uh, I don't know. I, I have, I've never owned that Dominator uh, or, or had my hands to it, but I think it looked tastier than the original one. Oh, uh, though I've never had the original one either. I I had it, and you pick it up, and you felt like it was gonna fall apart. Oh, what a shame! Because it looks better in it, it's black, right? Black with yellow highlights. No, it's brown with with bright yellow highlights. Uh, oh, it's shit. like it's oh, like shit okay. brown. It's 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 ugly. <laughs> I mean, it's ugly. Damn it. Because um, Destro's but, vehicles would look sick in black, which is why I wish the original Dominator was released in well, the same black as, like, you know what? the if, Demon, for instance. If it had been in black, uh, I think people would have liked it the same way they liked the Demon. But no, it was it was like poop brown. It was 
not nice. It was it was not nice. Oh, what a shame. Um, but I got it because I had never had the original. And then after I got that, I just couldn't help but think, man, if the original felt this cheap, then I got off lucky not having it. But no, that mm. rock slide ATV, what a disaster. JD, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, yeah, you man. have to get back to me. I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, I got to live for this. I got to go. I got to go attend to the kids. So, um, oh, man. I'll, uh, Pleasure, yeah, man. Uh, they're 12 and four. So, uh, uh, yeah, the uh, four year old's always on the go. And my daughter, she wants to play Pokemon Go. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool, man. <laughs> but, uh, but, all right. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'll, uh, when Brian gets back, uh, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do another podcast. We should join gonna, forces. Yeah, well, uh, well, we'll resume the podcast, and I want to do a reunion of Joe Berg and uh, and General Geekery at some point. Nice. JD, once again, thanks for joining us, man. You're gonna have to wait for this podcast to be released before you find out who actually wins. Oh, I'm but, looking uh, forward to it. <laughs> yeah, with bated breath. Cool, brother. Take it easy, All right. man. You guys, uh, you guys all take it easy, too. Cheers. Rock and roll, JD. Yo, Joe. <laughs> Berg. <laughs> Cobra! <laughs> all right, not y'all. Sweet. Cujo? Yeah, where are we at? It's up to you, buddy. Oh, oh. Sky Raven or Equalizer? We are hung. JD wants the hung, Sky Raven. We got a hung vote, dickhead. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing right. Um, Paul wants the Equalizer. JD wants the Sky Raven. I selected the Sky Raven, so I am out of the runnings as far as being able to vote is concerned. So it's all up to you, dude. Which is it going to be? Well, I feel like these vehicles are pretty talked out. But I, I got to say, just because of matchups, I'm always, I, I always like a good matchup. I, I, I want to keep it in the air. Um, and, and, and I do hold a grudge. I believe the uh, Equalizer put down one of my rides early on. So I'll go with the uh, the two repainted planes in combat. Why not? So the final in G.I. Joe's Redeco battle is between the 1990 Sky Raven and the 1989 Python Patrol Conquest X-30. What? How, How the fuck do- did that happen? Sorry, I mean, I was listening, but I just I still can't believe it. <laughs> what, that none of your picks made it through, Paul? No, I mean, I can't understand how something as awesome as the Equalizer is not in the final. Shenanigans. It's about matchups, brother. You got, what, you, you think the Equalizer versus the, the Conquest is sexier? I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think so. I don't know. They're both hideous paint jobs. Well, let me... Let me ask this. When it comes to the Night Raven and the Sky Raven, one has a red cockpit glass, the other has just a regular tint, does it not? The Sky Raven has a a sort of a darker tint to it. Yeah. It's transparent plastic that's kind of smoky, dark. It's beautiful. Okay, here's here's how we're going to resolve this. Paul, your objective is to discredit the Sky Raven. My objective is to discredit the Python Patrol Conquest X-30. Okay. And based upon our arguments, Kujo will decide That's, on the victory. I, I, I'm, I'm on the uh, decider again. All right, I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, unfortunately, you have to be on the decider because I cannot 
vote for the Sky Raven because this is my pick. Jury duty. And man. yeah, exactly. I'm uneligible as a member of the jury. So you are the only person who doesn't have anything at stake here because we've established that Paul clearly does not like the Sky Raven. He's got vendetta against it. <laughs> I do so not. Viper got a flat tire and, and nobody's going to space. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Okay, let me discredit the Sky Raven then. <laughs> if you dare. Okay, so I just want our listeners to know that I do this with a, a, a fair amount of pain. I do like the Sky Raven, so please don't think that I'm dissing it for no good reason. But I'm going to start with my strongest point being that it is a sleek and beautiful plane. It is the de facto Night Raven knockoff. And it is completely covered in VAC Metal Chrome, which for those of you who are maybe familiar with other VAC Metal Chrome figures, maybe the rims on your car on your your toy cars or maybe Hang you collect on, something it's like only, ca- only the top side has got back metal but okay fine it's got a lot of vac metal on it it's got a lot of vac let's let's put it this way it's nobody talks about its underside everybody talks about its shininess right so the thing the problem with vac metal is that over time it starts to tarnish and one of the main reasons it, it starts to do that is because your fingers touch it because you know you're flying it on on missions and your fingers get all sweaty because you know it's not a super light plane and you've had some Cheetos or or some kind of other orange colored chips and the acid's just building in your fingers and in your and your sweat and eventually that just starts to eat away at the chrome slowly but surely and it doesn't happen on like one day or two days just on like two weeks down the line you decide I'm gonna fly my Sky Raven and <gasps> and it's got like tarnish and and Hot little bits are chipping off, and you find the little bits of silver on your display case, and it's just horrible. I know? Know. It, it hurts because it's true. <laughs> my Sky Raven, my Sky Raven is a shambles, absolute shambles, and it's a pity yeah, because it's right? my my first and most treasured jet. <sighs> and uh, and I mean, yeah, it's still sexy, but. It's a repurposed Cobra vehicle, and Steve made a compelling argument on how its its main role in the play pattern could be um, more about testing and testing its uh, you know what it can do, and and it's sort of I would imagine from what I can infer from what Steve has said. Here's the thing: you're flying a stealth plane made by your enemy, who understands all of its of its limitations, has probably designed radar systems specifically track its own planes it can probably pick up its own plane signature and fuel signature and the sounds that the engine makes through its AWACS it's not something that I feel Joe could use to to spearhead an attack against Cobra or to even just use as as a recon vehicle on Cobra because this is Cobra's toy okay it obviously had a lot of money put into its R&D and so they know they know what sound it makes on radar you know what what how it breaks radar they they can listen for it they know what it does they probably have some kind of technology some kind of you know phone home technology in it for all we know i mean it's you know this thing is probably co-made by destro so i wouldn't be surprised and um it's not as cool as taking something like a conquest and pythonizing it as a big fuck you to gi joe because the conquest was never meant to be anything more special than say an F-16, so to speak. I mean, you know, let's let's just boil it down to some for simplicity's sake. You know, 
here is a Cobra stealth vehicle that's been repurposed, but you can't really use it against Cobra, so... Uh -uh. But now you've taken the Conquest and you've Pythonized it and you've given it some kind of quote-unquote stealth element that its effectiveness cannot be confirmed or denied. And yeah, it is. It's a big flying middle finger to G.I. Joe and it could only be made that little bit better if it came with a Pythonized Wild Weasel because that would be the right guy to put a finger up at G.I. Joe. True. Boom! Dropping the mic. That's tasty. Mmm. Makes me want to buy a bag of Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> and play with my Chrome toys. All right. The competition at hand here, the title that is at stake, is what is the finest redeco ever produced in the G.I. Joe line? And, yeah, Python Patrol added some tasty, tasty uh, deco ideas. Putting eyes on the side of your crafts, putting that uh, silver and black and, and red cross-hatching. It's cool. It's visually interesting. But it's still a redeco on what is... I'm sure we can all agree, an inferior toy. Okay, the Conquest is a cool jet, it's a robust little jet, it's uh, certainly maybe easier to get your hands around, but the Night Raven slash Sky Raven is a great toy. So great that they've only released it in two different decos, that being its original and the Sky Patrol version. So we're already talking about a more exclusive toy. A toy that has functioning landing gear. A toy that has a drop-down cockpit ahead in Bombay. Two jet engines, now you know. And it's on the lookout for G.I. Joe. Or in that case, uh, Cobra Command. The chrome on other Sky Patrol vehicles seems forced. We spoke about, well, JD mentioned how on the Sky Shark it just looks like a Cylon. But the chrome on the Sky Raven works sublimely, making it a one-of-a-kind piece, a truly exquisite piece. If you didn't quite like the volume being dialed up to 11 on the Night Raven by having the red tinted windows and the bright, bright red engine uh, exhausts and intakes, well, with the Sky Raven, you've got this tasteful tan color. Very cool, very realistic, very visually interesting. The cockpit detail is also done up in that tan. Yeah, man. Look, the Conquest, I've never liked that jet, so it's difficult for me to be objective about this. But even objectively speaking, it's got flimsy canard wings that just pop right out of their slots. It's got the rear tail fins that are easily removed. There are no failings like that on the on the Night Raven, Sky Raven. It is a superb piece, and every bit worthy of G.I. Joe's title of the finest redeco ever. And as we've mentioned before, it creates its own play pattern, because this is Cobra's most sophisticated aircraft. You said it, Paul. The Conquest is just another craft that Cobra managed to steal and then slap some, some radar-defeating paint on it. 
I did say that. Yep. The Night Raven being stolen. That's that's something that demands some fanfare. That's something that's quite spectacular and uh, something that G.I. Joe would really make quite a huge priority out of. So, I don't know, it's just got far more majesty. We're playing higher stakes with the Sky Raven. So there's no competition. In my eyes, I'm saying. But I think we've both had our say. Uh, Kujo, now it's your turn, buddy. What say you? Do you have these planes before you right now? Are you able to get a grasp of their I do. beauty? Well, I'm going to first say I'm suitably impressed by those words, gentlemen. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, i got to say, that was actually a compelling argument, Steve. I do. I have an appreciation for both. Um, I think words like legacy make sense for the uh, Raven, just because you have you have anybody who was around for Clint Eastwood's uh, kick-ass ride through, through cinema... You, you always think about Firefox and it's ripping like, you know, right above the ocean and those things are kicking up. You don't forget that. Um, I do love it. But when I think about the SR-71, it's in matte black, you know. So that's strike one. Um, on the Conquest side, I don't know. That's, that is. I like the big FU. I like that. But the nose on that thing looks like Spy versus Spy. And I didn't want to say it because now you can't unsee it, but... I don't know. I just see dicks all the time. Really? That's <laughs> it's, even, not a... it's even got a dickhead. <laughs> that, that's not a good look either. Um, so, uh, I guess it all boils down to, are you a Cheetos fan? And who among us can say no? So, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think over time, I would get pissed at the peeling off of the uh, metal. So, and, and the Cheeto dust might look kind of tight on the uh, python camo so ultimately the python gets more miles i mean if you want to do like a, a if, if you want to get firefly on the uh, tarmac and doing some sabotage work that's a great battle scene with the raven but there's not too many battles you can fight with the raven she just looks real nice amen and that's so why she should be gi joeberg's number one redeco thank you I'll take <laughs> <laughs> Director's cut, brother. No, seriously, you're, you're saying that uh, that Python Patrol wins it. Well, there is kind of a uh, a disclaimer to add to that. This isn't the ultimate repaint. This is the ultimate repaint that was in our tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My goodness. Part two, maybe. Why, buddy? Off the top of your head, what did we miss? Uh, I'm gonna wait till this this plane. I'm gonna wait till this uh, conquest uh, goes by. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm not looking at him right now. Yeah, need need but, to remind I mean, you that uh, you came out of left field on both your picks, buddy, with the Rattler four wheel drive from '98 and the Cobra Invader from '93. It's not like you were going for a heavy hitter with either of your picks. That's true. I mean, I, I, I threw in the RPV as my wild card, but man, you can't go wrong with a Sky Raven, surely. Well, it, dude, it's not all about the conquest. I'm not a real fan of that plane either. I tried to take it down with your drone. It just didn't go down. <laughs> and yet you have just made a G.I. Joeberg's finest redeco as of date 17th of the 5th, 2017. My goodness. Or for you Americans... The fifth month, the 17th day of 2017. <laughs> Why do you guys flip your dates like that? You're weird. 
dude, honestly, everything about our society should be a clue as to why you shouldn't trust us. But, I mean, our mind control is damn good, isn't it? You guys do month first and then day. I've always wondered yep. about that. That's just bizarre. We do you everything can't say shit like that. Now. It's un-American. <laughs> oh no, dude! I love I love America. I'm I'm one of its biggest fans. You're, what you're saying is American. You you're supporting True. your crazy ass metric system or imperial whatever the hell it is. I don't even know what it's, it's called. It's not even it's about imperial. It's just like getting the date uh, order fucked up. It is. It's weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> but dude there are like you said there's a lot of bad repaints to you what what is a bad gi joe repaint oh uh uh geez i say this because i have it and it sits in my cupboard and doesn't ever see the light of day it is the 2005 gi joe moray hydrofoil at first blush you think oh cool it's got a green camo pattern then you take a closer look and you realize that's not a camo pattern. That is a plastic swirl tank of Gak and comes with the most laughable flint I've ever seen. He's got like, <laughs> like whiskers, like, I don't know, his camo pattern on his face, which are done in sort of black stripes, sort of radiate outwards on his cheek. <laughs> it's mm. hilarious. Hilarious. So that would be one. And my other one, I don't own it, but I can't imagine myself gravitating towards it because it is such a an affliction, is that, that Rattler jet, Cobra jet, from 2002, which I think is in a copper color. Like what? It would not look... Oh God, that thing looks so horrible. It's so plastic. It would plastic. not look good in a squadron of Rattlers. I mean, you'd think maybe, maybe Wild <laughs> Weasel is ostentatious enough to, like, in a World War One fighter ace kind of way, paint up his plane like that. But it just, it would look horrible parked next to a regular Rattler. It would look horrible in the air next to a regular Rattler. It just doesn't look Cobra, man. It doesn't look anything. It looks party. It's just orange. It's just like, hey, let's make it orange. So it's not ca- yeah. copper. It doesn't have a kind of a metallic look to it. I'm sure it does, but like every picture I've seen just looks naff, like a naff orange. I think it's got like a, what they call a sunburst metallic kind of look to it, which works for like an underground sort of, you know, drift racing car. But yeah, you're just adding another color to the Cobra palette. So I'm like, why? Why? Of all the mm. colors you could have picked, hell, do a black Rattler. I'd buy ten of those. Yeah, Nobody exactly. likes pennies, dude. Hmm. How about you guys? What What are the worst repaints you've ever encountered? I really, I mean, just as a rule, I I despise the Dreadnought Ground Assault um, setup uh, with its gacky green and blue nav color combination. Um, but the 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 worst offender for me has to be the Skyhawk. I don't even think it's got a different name. I just think it's the Naffy Dreadnought Skyhawk. And Oh, but it changes color uh, and everything. Yeah, you know, I keep forgetting about that feature and and like you you are saying that makes it kind of a little bit cooler, but it still looks naff. It it looks fun school. Like <laughs> when fun school goes bad, which is more often than not. Uh it just I don't know, it just looks like a knockoff. It looks like a GI Joe knockoff. Had I seen that in the shop or have, if I had ever 
encountered it sort of like if I went to a China mall or something and they had a whole bunch of toys or something in a box and I saw that there, I'd go like, oh, ha ha, that's a knockoff of a G.I. Joe vehicle kind of thing. And I just find it devalues the brand. <laughs> Though, ironically, and, those are very valuable uh, pieces <laughs> now. Mm. So even, yeah, as though they, even though they might look like cheap knockoffs, uh, they ain't cheap, baby. Yeah, well, it's okay. I can. I, the cool thing is, I, you know, my my hate for them means I can live without them. <laughs> and then my second offender, which is kind of ironic considering our our topic, uh, and and who made it to the finals, but I really hate that uh, the 2003 release of the Conquest. The color scheme is this uh, green, beige, and there's I think there's like a darker kind of black that's in there. Sorry, the photos that I'm looking at now, the light's obviously obscuring it a little. But Why do you need photos, wow. man? Why don't you just look at the one that uh, you've got right before you? <laughs> because I've managed to shave, of, uh, I've managed to sand off most of its paint, including its original paint. <laughs> oh, wow. So I can't get a, a proper summation of it. But, oh, dude, it's not a cool color. It's, it's, a, it's the... It's a correct green for a Jaguar, as in the car. It's not a great green for a, a for a jet. When I first saw this in the flesh, I was like, hey, cool, it's a Conquest. And my brain was all like switched on, like, oh, awesome, it's a Conquest. I finally have one in my hands. I can check it out. But then I was like, okay, it's a Conquest, you know. And only much later when uh, Steve brought over uh, the, the jet in question that he mentioned earlier now, uh, is a Conquest that uh, Steve did a... a he steved it. In other words, he, he decided it needed another color. Even he he hated it uh, subconsciously. And uh, he sprayed it gray. You know, by his own admission, he didn't do what he regards as the best paint job. I actually thought it was, wasn't too bad, considering what he did to do it. But it was completely gray from tip to tail. And it looked sexy. And it's ridiculous. Like, just a little bit of gray and some identity numbers on it made that jet look so much sexier. It actually elevated it, which means that that color, the, that green and white and beige coloring was so shit that it actually put me off the toy. Okay. I was like, surely this can't be the same thing that everybody is so excited about. Yeah, I hate that recolor just because it almost turned me off to, well, it did for a long time. It turned me off to a great toy, actually. Not the best jet, but a great toy. Something uh, a fella called Marcus on the Facebook group brought my attention to, which is quite interesting, is that sometimes in the comic book, and particularly in its early appearances, the Conquest was white. Oh, so it had the it had the black strip, the sort of anti-glare strip, uh, and the uh, in front of the canopy, and obviously the, the nose cone being black. But the rest of the body was white. And that's that's intriguing to me. I mean, it, it would be a very easy repaint to do or redeco to do. And it might actually look quite stunning in white. Mm. Mm. I would consider it, although I, I, I got to say, my heart is kind of uh, uh, sold on it being Tiger Force at the moment. <laughs> of course. Instead of early 80s experimental jet white. Yeah. Although... If I mean either way, uh, I want to add stuff to. I want to add some kibble to the inter, uh, internals. I mean to the to the cockpit. So either way, I could get away with either color scheme. Yeah, damn it! I forgot in my attempts to discredit the conquest that the cockpit is always underdesigned. 
the recline yes. of the pilot, the, the, the looseness of him inside that cockpit always just made it feel cheap, you know, when you stack it up against other aircraft, like oh, Ravens and Sky Strikers. Hell, even the Rattler, like, the pilot's in there snugly and he's got some modicum of instrument surfaces. But the guy in the Conquest, he's just like, how do you brace him? <laughs> you don't. You fly inverted mm. and he's plastered up against the glass. I probably would have swayed it. Oh, damn. <laughs> damn it. Curtis, <laughs> what are your least favorite redecos, man? Well, before I get to the trash heap, Hooded Cobra Commander, you know, that high-profile YouTuber for G.I. Joe, he would say that not no he doesn't normally like bright colors, but the Tiger Rat works. That might be the best repaint. I mean, pound for pound. Just because the Rattler and also it's probably the best weapon at the end of all that Kind of like the yellow pushes your eye forward until you get to the nose, and it's mm. got the Gatling gun, so it's like that's the best weapon. Um, so I kind of agree with that. That might be, might be. Um, I had that thing hanging from my ceiling like all of childhood, so I like that. Um, as far as the badness, got anything to say about the uh, the the Python stun? Oh, no, Python. Oh, you're right. Okay. You're right. Okay. Asp. Um, that's it. Asp. Uh, the, the Python Patrol, I feel like uh, it's a good design, I guess. I mean, it's not really my style, but I hate how they use yellow. Like, I mean, Copperhead's underwear and then the guns on the asp, they look like rubber chickens stuck next to a, a really awesome vehicle. Friggin' cheesy rubber chickens that you can buy. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, I... I can take copperhead and yellow underwear. I can't take yellow asp guns. So, I mean, do you guys have words on that? There's only one flavor of asp that I like, and that's blueberry. Oh, well, I'm glad you said that because in a, in a retroactive way, that's what makes the Rattler four-wheel drive relevant. It's the only thing that makes sense color-wise to tow the asp. Hmm then I would argue that they should have done a flat blueberry. Okay. Without, yeah, right. with, without the, the pimp airbrush. It's like putting flame decals on Optimus Prime. It's unnecessary. <laughs> I think JD uh, was right to point out that Vipra's sculpt doesn't really fit her file card. She does read kind of like a dreadnought. So that was insightful of him. Uh, that, that's what made me know that the dude might be a real one. I mean, I, I don't know if he is, but... Yeah, that was a good insight. I just hate the gratuitousness of it. Like, it's it's just... They could have actually taken the time to just sculpt a new head. Fine, use Jinx's body, but sculpt a different head. Don't don't uh, piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. It's just... It's irritating. Well, I agree. Well, Jinx has... Well, <laughs> That's my God. Goodness gracious me. Uh, dude, Jinx, is, Jinx has a strong signature in the Joe fan base because of the movie... And then, like, all the romance that played out between her and, uh, not Flint, uh, who's, it, who's that dude? Budo? Oh, oh, in the, in the animated series, um, Falcon. Yeah, oh, Falcon and Jinx, film. like, that was a lot of kids' first view of a romance, at least, you know, cognitively. <laughs> so, Jinx has a strong signature. I, I don't think she was right for Viper. I think you're on point there. Is there a pre-existing head sculpt that would have worked for Viper? To my knowledge, no. 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 
I suppose, I mean, if they really wanted to, they could have taken the Baroness's head sculpt and made her a blonde or something. Or they could have taken Covergirl. No, Covergirl looks too much. Covergirl looks like a banker. The, the figure's terrible in that regard. But anyway. So basically they went with Jinx so they could have an anonymous female. Because all the other mm. head sculpts produced up to that point were quite signature looks. You know, whether it's Baroness's hair piece... Zorana's hairpiece as well is also kind of signature. There's no way to mm. get away from that. I think in 1998, that was the best they could do to have a new female in the line. Still, some efforts, while valiant, just should never have been made to begin with. I don't know. Some Somebody was trying to add a female figure to the uh, Cobra, Cobra side. I was impressed that JD knew who wrote the file card on that one character. That guy broke that out with no prompting. Damn. I mentioned a file card, and then he's like, oh, that was written by so-and-so. And I was like, all right, you got my attention. Um, yeah, you Thomas Weir, that. I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the master collector himself. For those of you guys who don't know who Thomas Wheeler is, apparently, according to JD, he was the author of that file card. But the well goes deeper. Thomas Wheeler wrote into Marvel Comics after pretty much every single issue of the G.I. Joe comic book. And a great number of his letters were published. So if you're a fan of the comic book and you do read the letters page, the name Thomas Wheeler is probably a household name. Find him on Facebook. He's there. <laughs> like 95% of us. The 5% is going to have to bail your ass out in a bit. <laughs> but... You're just a hotbed of controversy, man. You are you're a man full of convictions. How do you mean? Yeah, well, I mean, hating on the Python Patrol, but picking it as our as our outright winner. I mean, dude. Come on. Okay, dude. I tried to Bruce Willis the Python Patrol with your uh, drone launcher, <laughs> so <laughs> it's not that I sold out. I tried to take it down. Damn. All right. I mean, really, honestly, it doesn't get any more unforgivable than this. But uh, I think Forgotten Figures and I are of one mind. Uh, more often than not, but he says that any Joe-aligned his tank is a no-go. I-, I couldn't agree more. Like, you're talking about money grabs? Get the fucking his tank away from green. That doesn't work. I agree, um, and and don't call a fucking snowcat a havoc. Not on any <laughs> fucking day of the week. Oh, dude, ever. people people were incensed at the basilisk, too. You could hear it when JD said it. Like People oh, were like, totally, what are you dude. doing to the snowcat? That thing's a beauty. Hasbro knew it too, man. I think has there was some kind of communication error, and that is what came out. And Hasbro were like, oh, shit, we can't sell this thing by itself, so we have to put it in that box set. Because the only reason I own a Basilisk is because it, it, it was in that double pack, that pack with the Ore Striker, yeah. the, what's called the Foe Striker. I mean, when I took photos for our, our lead-up to this episode, uh, one of my uh, Snowpedos fell off my Basilisk. I didn't even notice I found it in the garden, Gamble had chewed it a little, oh. and it didn't even hurt me. I was like, I was like irritated that he had chewed it, but I was also like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> Meh. At least it wasn't a real G.I. Joe part. <laughs> yeah, man, something about that vehicle, like even the mold lines seem blunted. Like it's lost its sharpness, it's creamier, the plastic oh, is a bit gackier. You compare that to uh, uh, yeah. a snow cat or even a tiger cat, and you feel like... Mm. There's, there's a distinct difference. There's something far more milkier or soapier. 
I could be wrong. Another another vehicle that pisses me off is the Crusher, the Wave Crusher, because every time I see the word Crusher, I think of the Crushinator from Futurama, <laughs> that robot that Bender made love with. So, dude, I, I can't have things I feel the called same the Wave way. Crusher. I can't do it. I feel the same way. It's like, like that's that's why like I love the shark, but I I can't bring myself to get myself that uh, modern era wave crusher. I think it's well, is, yeah. isn't the wave crusher the same color blue as the basilisk? Like it feels toyish. Yeah, they gave it a kind of a a, a, a paint effect. Uh, mm, it's got like cool. a it's like a it's like gold uh, a gold um, overspray. Mm. So it's the it's driver's got, it's, not too hideous. Sub Viper. I think he's a, yeah, I think he's mm. re, re, reused parts, but reused Sludge Viper, and he looks good in mm. blue and silver. Oh yeah, he's a ta- it's a tasty sculpt, and I'm glad they dusted it off. Uh, it looks good in those colors. Looks good with a Cobra symbol right on the head, because Sludge Vipers weren't strictly speaking Cobras; they were Cesspool's mm. personal guys, um, personal troopers. Um, so they could be whatever faction you wanted them to be, really. But the sub-viper is most specifically Cobra, and a cool use of that mold. Um, I will say this about the Wave Crusher. I didn't think much of it until I read this cool fan write-up about it, that it is Cobra stealing the shark design, basically, and making a inferior knockoff. And that always that kind of wording always intrigues me, because it's like, yeah, Cobra's going to push their personnel off into an inferior shark because they can just mass produce the shit out of it. It's like, I don't know, the Chinese version of the AK-47 was an inferior gun to the Soviet one, but they just made so many of them that they proliferated third world armies of the world uh, with this gun. Just sheer force of arms would, would, would overcome their opposition. So in the same sense, Cobra, who care less about their troop safety and more about just having the numbers, would push out these inferior wave crushes, which were probably a little bit leaky, maybe some of them failed on takeoff, like, it didn't matter. It was like, we've got sharks covered, we've got their number, we've got an abundance of these crafts, and we call them the wave crusher. Because <laughs> that is precisely how a bloody shark lands. I mean, it's got no landing gear, it's barely got hydrofoils, how does it land on water? It crushes itself. You, you know what? You know what's kind of crazy is you can actually see like the hands on the steering wheel of GI Joe like turn into a ditch when you see the names start going bad. Mm. You just I've start seen seeing the these vehicles and you're like, that doesn't make sense, and then you're like, oh, it's reduced then. Mm-hmm. Shortly after that, the file card writing goes into the toilet. Oh. We never got into it, but here's something positive to, to end on. I got some new shit the other day. I got Do it. Cobra oh, cool. Fang 2. And I love this vehicle. Say I was wondering about, about it. that. It it happened. It just happened to be listed on Bid or Buy. And the, the, the bidding was about to close. I was like, okay, I'll have that. It's very seldom that I get the jump on Paul when it comes to the South African equivalent of eBay <laughs> called Bid or Buy. <laughs> But this time I did. I bought it. It's mine. <laughs> oh, dude, that's great. I'm glad that it's a South African toy in a South African hand. Uh, hand. It's, it's a goodness, cool thing. I remember, I remember this toy from my youth. I never had it. A friend of mine did. In fact, a friend of mine's younger brother had it. And boy, did he trash it. 
So there were fragments of Fang 2 for me to kind of cobble together an idea of what this vehicle's like. I think it still had its tilt rotor uh, feature intact, so I was fascinated by it. But seeing it as an adult, man, it's small. It's so small. Mm. The mm. pilot's head is right in line of those missiles. Damn, you better have like an alley viper in the cockpit with his face shield down. Because... Or a heat viper, as shown on the box. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't put those idiots <laughs> in the, the cockpit of an aircraft. I um, love the color scheme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty snappy. Looks good next to a mamba. It's uh, got a fun feature, which is so frequently screwed up. Even Mark Bellamo, in his ultimate guide, has the props facing the wrong way. And it's <laughs> it's designed to not allow for that. You cannot clamp... It's got a clip. You cannot clamp yeah. the clips down completely if the props are not aligned in the correct way. Because there are two mm -hmm. teeth on that bar, and the teeth either allow it to rest in the forward position or the vertical position. Mm -hmm. Any other position, it does not work. This is a mm. tractor-type aircraft, not a pusher-type aircraft. Okay, science time. Oh. Did, you, did you just put a G.I. Joe Scribe Bellamar on blast? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Bellamar. Uh, but he... But I think he has corrected himself in his new book. But he did, so. he did. There were a few... Uh, I mean, look, he, that first guide was an enormous undertaking, and I think it kind of ran away from him, because as his mm. deadline approached, like, there was a shit ton of pictures needing taking, and a shit ton of logistics of taking them. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sure his, his, his studio was just like a conveyor belt of like, okay... Uh, here are toys that need to be united, reunited with their accessories, and here are vehicles that need to be the you know parts need to be put together and stuff like that. Like, yeah, uh, I can I can forgive mm. him errors like that because I'm sure it was an absolute madhouse. In fact, I know it was. I've 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 listened to interviews with him explaining that it was like a real rush job toward the end, towards the finish line. It was a mammoth undertaking. Um, you know, up to a point, it's fun. And then beyond that point, it's like, God, there are a lot of 1993 figures. <laughs> One of the coolest features I would like to mention about the Fang 2, um, specifically the Fang 2, I hope I'm not wrong here. I hope my memory's not failing me here. But it's it's got the Cobra Air Force uh, sticker as well. Correct. Which is a very cool, and it's a very cool looking design. I love that motif. It's like a Cobra with bat wings kind of vibe. I love it. Hmm. Mm, it's very it's sexy. It's I think it uh, hails all the way back from the Rattler. Mm. Yeah, that's where yeah, it made its debut. And, and it's also got some attractive missiles, that uh, that old bird. I like the missile I've design. Heard, I've heard you sing the praises of the Fang 2. Mm. Uh, so I do really love that toy. I'm, I must actually get my hands on one now. It's it was a toy that was pretty abundant in South Africa in about 1990, 1991. Yeah, it clogged the toy, toy aisles alongside the Pulverizer and Darklon Zaveda. We got basic vehicles like that in abundance. So, yeah, the Fang 2 is something that I have a, a childhood connection to. And I'm glad that I have it now. I actually still have my original one. You've seen it, Steve. It's just trashed. <laughs> Totally, so completely. Bro. But now you have an extra Fang missile. Didn't, didn't I give you that Fang missile? I gave you. Fang nah, missile. you gave me a, a Battlefield Robot Devastator missile, which I've married with my Battlefield Robot Devastator. Woohoo! Basic 1989 vehicles for the win. 
you guys want to talk about perspective, G.I. Joe, for a second? If you're talking about modern era figures that are coming our way courtesy of figure subscription service, I'm interested purely academically because this is a G.I. Joe podcast and that's G.I. Joe news. But let me just say up front, I will never own any of these figures. Boo-hoo. All right. Rainy day. Um, I... I'm gonna. Uh, I also want to jump in there because I actually would like the the noise. The noise can come out of your mouthpiece for this one. Although I love modern era figures, I know that I'm not going to get any subscription figures because they are overpriced and just as hard to get hold of. I mean, if if it's not the price that's a barrier to entry, it's just being able to get your hands on them. And Sub Zero <laughs> doesn't well, inspire much way. excitement in me. Let me ask it this way. I'm not going to ask specifically about Sub-Zero, which they did show, and they released a list of figures. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in love with, with any of it. But, I mean, it's always cool to look at a list of possibilities. If you're a Joe fan, you've probably seen this list. But just a couple of Joeberg allies had opinions. I know Joe fan ADC was looking at Dojo. Uh, I guess he rolls with the uh, Ninja Force. I, mean, I kind of like that. I, I'm interested in that as well. It's also worth mentioning that uh, Merck was interested in the, in the Worms officer because of the new cloth ascot, and he wanted to add that to his uh, repertoire. Um, I'm just playing hmm. around. But he yeah, was it, also, it intrigues me that they're using soft goods. That's pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, reading the accessories lists get me excited because, yeah, sure, you're, you're adding more pack-ins, and it's probably, like, parts that we've seen before and items we've seen before. But, like... Vehicle drivers who typically didn't come with much stuff, if they came with anything at all, always had to borrow other figures' equipment. But the figure Mm. subscription service, sure, you're not going to get a maggot, but you are going to get a fully realized figure. Like, it's a single card release, almost. So he's going to come with this list of cool stuff. Just like Windmill is going to come with this cool stuff. And and Ghost Rider is going to come with all of this cool stuff. Like, I think he's got a, a pistol and a removable jacket and a, a submachine gun yeah, and a scarf. Right like, and removable helmets. Like, it's that excites me, man. It excites me oh, to, see, to, see, to see that level of investment in a figure that was otherwise just like, ah, uh, he's the pilot. He's got a second string design and he's got one, like, stupid oversized pistol rattling around in the package with him. I like that you brought up accessories just because it reminded me to mention, uh, since we're talking about repaints and repurpose, you know, in an age of like where people purchase certain colored weapons on video games, cause it kind of brings a signature to their uh, avatar or their character. Mm-hmm. When they recolored the weapons, uh, when they did like GI Joe weapons packs and stuff, like, they had some cool ideas there. They were not very realized. But, like, I think people would appreciate, like, a gun maybe having a specific wrap or a backpack that has something spray-painted on it. You know, just something to add character to. You can just release, you know, the the, the accessories again, kind of like they did back in the day. Just make it a little more purposeful, I guess. Well, we're kind of taking shots in the dark at the moment uh, because we don't have any images outside of Sub-Zero. So based on Sub-Zero, what do you think? Worth your $400 subscription fee, Cujo? No. No, no. sir. I, we don't roll <laughs> no. that hard. I mean, I, I, I get the I get the uh, Collector's Club magazine. I like where their heart's at. As far as the figures go, I think G.I. Joe needs to get on the same page, but that's a different conversation. Uh, I, I still feel that they can move a shit ton more of those things if they sell them cheaper. 
I, you know, I'm offending somebody right now, but they don't have any good artists. But that's, I think that's one of the big problems. They, they don't have great artists. And I don't think they have good creative minds on things. They have, they have people that care about the, the line, but if you look at their card art that they're releasing for their figures, it's not working. Cooge, you got incoming, dude. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Was that was a, a Python Conquest X30? <laughs> it is, dude. Or was it a Sky Raven? It took, it took it that long to get here from the East Coast. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Damn, man. If we'd gone with the Sky Raven, she would have been here a long time ago. Yeah, you'd only hear her when you're on your way up. Because <laughs> as JD right. says, man, that's like, it's got to be the fastest jet, like, ever. <laughs> no, Good true. point. Good point. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I think that's all, all the business I had. I do have uh, an animal companion to, to hand out, but I'll, I'll do that at the end. Buddy, I think this is the end. My God. Mm. Close your eyes and count to ten. I'll take this to G.I. Joeberg Twitter for a minute. Alex S. gives us some retweet love. Um, so I'll, I'll throw I'll throw some of that. Let's let's go with a, a Japanese raccoon dog. I guess they call it a tanuki, which I like that name better. Tanuki. Very cool. Yes. I was like, I'll send yeah. one of those your way. And I enjoy that. Thanks for the retweets. And uh, cheers, brother. Uh, and if you want some trivia on Tanuki, uh, in Super Mario 3, you are wearing a Tanuki hat to fly. That's how you. That's, that's, that's where you get the tail. Aha, uh-huh, cool. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. And with that, I think it's time we um, eat a mushroom and uh, drift down the pipe. I like where your mind is at, brother. <laughs> Into a subterranean world. Where if you uh, hit a brick, you might just get a coin. <laughs> so long, fellas. That's episode 87. G.I. Joe Berg's Redeco Special. Where, in a cunning twist of fate, the Cobra Python Patrol Conquest X30 is indeed the finest Redeco vehicle ever produced. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree? I know I do. <laughs> but write us, email us, send us smoke signals. We love to hear from you. This is Steve. Bye-bye. And this is Paul hoping I don't freeze to death. Have a good one, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Cujo on the West Coast. Pleasure High and dry in the sunny sky. <laughs> oh, no, that works. Paul, what's going on, brother? Is it dead of winter right there? Is it is it winterish? We got the first uh, teaser trailer for winter this weekend. Oh, yes. very nice. Yeah, the well, how do you bundle thing. up at night? Are you like a blankets all around you type person? <laughs> She's called Lily. Yeah. <laughs> no, That's not bad. Uh, cuddly. I gotta say, yeah. no, she was great to snuggle with last night. But uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, what ends up happening is my dogs uh, sleep on my bed and they both push up against me. Um, so nice. we, we're sort of like a, a little, um, what's a collective noun for dogs now? We're like a, a hot little dog. dog pack. You're the meat. All right. <laughs>